Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. All of the newspapers this morning are dominated on their front pages with the uh, man who's in custody last night charged with the murder of Ashling Murphy um, in Tullamore last Wednesday. A 31-year-old man called Joseph Pushka. He was before a special sitting of Tullamore District Court. So the story is uh, related in all of the papers today with a lot of photography. Now, uh, inside the court, uh, legal aid was granted when uh, the court was told that Mr. Pushka uh, was on a disability payment of 200 a week um, and he got himself uh, assigned a solicitor. And then outside, of course, the papers this morning are talking about, and the radio news about members of the crowd estimated up to about 300 people were shouting, jeering, at Mr. Pushka as he was led into and out of court, around about, around about 8, 8, 15 last night. And also they were there uh, when he came out as well, name calling and shit. Now, what, what, what people are concerned about now is perhaps online or even uh, on radio stations and talk radio that, that perhaps uh, people will say too much and it could indeed prejudice the case. I know that Owen English and the examiner makes that uh, very point this morning online he's, and he's right in that regard that we need to allow justice to take its course now and uh, and the trial to continue. But a second man has been held with regards to the Ashling Murphy inquiry. He's been released without charge, so we'll have to wait and see where that goes. But the Red Tops this morning, the Irish Mirror, face of Ashling's murder accused. Uh, and he said no when he was charged with the killing of Ashling on the canals. And then also members, uh, relatives of Ashling Murphy were in court, standing at the back of the court last night. And they were holding pictures of her, very quietly, very dignified, holding pictures of her at the back of the court, including one of her at school when she was younger and another one of her playing GAA. So Slovakian man charged uh, with her murder, uh, as the Red Tops say this morning, charged with killing Ashling. Uh, family holding pics um, and a lot of people there with um, uh, a lot of phones, a lot of people filming, a lot of videos. Uh, just be careful whatever happens with that online. In other news this morning, um, you will be interested to hear uh, that uh, Omicron is on the retreat. We have passed the peak. Um, papers aren't saying that this morning, but it certainly is the case. But we are looking at the relaxing now of uh, more and more restrictions. And hopefully when we go into the spring and into the summer and into the autumn and next winter, we'll handle it differently to the last couple of winters. That's got to be the way forward now. But pubs and restaurants will be permitted to open until midnight. Now, it could be as early as Monday, right? But certainly no later than the weekend after next. Certainly no later than the 28th of January. So this kind of curfew that's imposed with regards to 8 o'clock will be gone, possibly as early as the start of next week, but certainly by the end of the week. And there's a push on now, the Independence says this morning, to allow full capacity at stadiums. So that would allow for full capacity at the Six Nations rugby matches, for instance. And also... Uh, the return of the GA National Football and Hurling Leagues, where we'll have full crowd, clouds in there, crowds in there as well. So with the year ahead, um, and a way of, I suppose, saying thank you for many different people, uh, we're getting an extra long bank holiday across the St. Patrick's weekend. So we have the 17th, you'll also get the 18th. And then going forward, we will celebrate St. Bridges Day with a new annual public holiday for the first Monday of February each year. Now, I suppose everybody will take an extra bank holiday. That's all very well. But in February, you got to ask yourself the question, is it a bit of a wasted day when the, when the weather ain't great? Could we not have squeezed it in across late spring or sometime across the summer? But the echo this morning leads with healthcare workers welcoming the government's announcement of a payment of a thousand euro in recognition of their work throughout the pandemic. So that would be everybody working within healthcare, I guess. I suppose that would be from the very top down, wouldn't it? 
um, surgeons and consultants and doctors to nurses and porters and, you know, cleaning departments and catering staff and everybody and anyone, ambulance drivers, uh, nurses, clearly. Uh, but there's a little bit of pushback on it then uh, that other groups within the uh, working um, environment of Ireland over the last two years should also be considered for the €1,000 COVID bonus. And it makes sense, actually, because you also had Gardaí. Some of the hardest working people in the two, last two years and those that worked the hardest and put up with an awful lot of grief for people working in supermarkets and retail. So the question being asked now is why aren't they being treated similarly to people working within healthcare? And healthcare would go right across nursing homes and palliative care areas and, and things like that. So at least it's, um, it's a bonus for some, but probably not for enough. Not just yet, anyway. Simon Coveney's back in the news because there was another garden party at Ive House a month after the controversial champagne office party. The only difference about the uh, the garden party that Simon Coveney went to is that it seems to me to have been within guidelines, but the newspapers uh, go into detail about it nonetheless. Uh, with uh, you know, we all know about the indoor one that with the with the selfie and the department officials and the bottles of champagne. Uh, that was way out of order and very much against regulations at the time. Meanwhile, across the across the Irish Sea, Boris Johnson is being told by senior Tories now, in the name of God, will you just go? As the numbers start to stack up against him, but the UK is also powering ahead, and they're saying that any kind of isolation for people with COVID will be scrapped by the spring, never ever to return. Uh, Johnson is saying these kind of things yesterday. Of course, on the one hand, he's signalling the end of the pandemic and also trying to give people good news, but at the same time. He's trying to deflect, I suppose, from his story and him being the centre of the news. So it's a kind of a clever tactic. I don't know if many people see through it. Here on Leaside, 114 apartments to be built in Blackpool. It's a fantastic looking project and the Echo has computer-generated photographs on it because the planning's been approved for it. So 114 built up, build up, I suppose, if you can't build out. Uh, and news this morning of a very, very popular, much-loved cafe on Lisa. It's not closing, but those behind it for the last 20 years, Richard and Maury Jacob of Idaho Cafe, have decided to take time to take some take time out for themselves. Um, and uh, another individual now is, is taking over the business and will continue with it instead. So um, a very, very interesting trip over the last 20 years, they say, but time to move on. But Kilhans down in West Cork are absolutely flying. I mean, this is an incredible story of hard work and determination. So Mike Kilhans started it with his two sons, Col- uh, Coleman and Brian, back in 2010. And here we are celebrating Kilhans in West Cork with a 20 million euro annual deal with Lidl Ireland. Not just Lidl, Lidl Ireland, but some of their products will go to Great Britain, the USA, Germany, Cyprus, Italy and Greece. So they'll be the biggest, largest fish supplier uh, to Lidl. And they're just powering ahead and going from strength to strength. But the power of the euro in your pocket has been taken an unmerciful battering over the last year. But if you look at the story in the mail this morning, where they compare now and say 12 months ago, or indeed, now, 10 years ago, there's been an incredible difference with regards to the cost of living and things that have gone up in price. If you look at all food items, right, uh, in the last 12 months, so that'd be bread now, for instance, or pasta or, you know, anything, even things that aren't very good for you, like crisps and soft drinks. They've all gone up in the last 12 months, on average, between 5 and 7%. Now, we know, for instance, that electricity has gone up by 20, 23%. Gas has gone up by 30%. Home heating oil has gone up by 53%. Um, motoring, the cost of petrol, for instance, 
in December of 2020, it was 127 a litre. Two years, uh, 12 months later, from 2020 to 21, it went from 127 cent to 172. And diesel did a similar jump. December 2020, 119 cent a litre. December 21, 162. So their increases of 36% alone on litres of petrol and diesel. Salaries don't change in any way, shape or form, but you have to dig deeper to find the money to pay for things. And then, of course, we have the story of the payroll administrator within Virgin, who's just been jailed uh, for two years, got a four-year sentence, two years suspended, but she will go to jail for two years, Kelly Walton a 40-year-old from Dublin, pleaded guilty over a period of 10 years, apparently. She stole uh, €870,000 from Virgin Media Television from the payroll account, and that makes all of the papers today. Uh, other big number issues, of course, include the lottery over in the West, €19 million Euro ticket. We still don't know who won it, but we do know there's a lovely side story to it with regards to the shop that sold it, which was Laura's XL store in Castle Bar. Because just days previously, Laura sadly lost her own granny, and the headline in the papers this morning, Beloved Bridie might have done something for us. As in, she may have been looking down and helping them to be the shop that sold the lotto. Uh, RT, of course, are continuing uh, to struggle financially and are always desperate to increase the licence fee every year in any way, shape or form they can. At the moment now, they're blaming those that don't pay their licence fee uh, for the trouble that RT are in. They're saying it's costing us $65 million a year. It's a broken system. Um, the only problem with that story is that for those of us that do pay the licence fee, your kind of nose would be out of joint when you hear the 65 million euro worth that's never collected every single year and nothing seems to be done about it. But anyway, uh, also a couple of health related stories. Um, I'm just giving you this one, but I don't mean it to come across as being lighthearted or flippant because cancer is a serious business. But the Red Tops this morning are saying the dark chocolate, the darker the chocolate, the better can boost your fight against cancer. But the one that I really like is this binge-watching of television sets. Sorry, binge-watching of television programs. Like, for instance, things that you could absolutely... One of the things I binge-watched was way after the whole lot of it finished, and that was The Sopranos. We would end up at three and four in the morning watching Sopranos back in the time, box sets of it. Uh, another one would be things like Breaking Bad or something, or whatever, whatever you have in yourself. But binge-watching puts you at a much higher risk of blood clots, Basically because you're sitting around too much without moving while binge-watching television says, just bear that in mind. The Neil Prenderville Show. Sindidi, and you can text 0868104106. Remember our new phone number, I'm drilling it into your head, I know. 0818104106. Calls, texts and comments right across the morning. Let's get stuck into phone calls, though. Christine, good morning. How are you, Neil? I'm great, girl. This is one of the most bizarre <laughs> hacks I've ever come across. I have to say, I thought so it was only happened to me. <laughs> I, I thought I'd heard it all, but now we have a story of a guy who actually can see you while hacking you. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, talk us through the entire story. What happened and when? Right. So yesterday morning, it was about ten to nine. Myself and my friend Emma, we were sitting down having a cup of tea, and this old five number rang, and it said, um, "This is Amazon Prime. Stay on the line and talk to one of our." advisors so this woman came on it sounded like she was in an indian call center i could hear her answering phones so it sounded legit even though no it was an 085 number yeah so she said uh, amazon oil is 79 euro so i said no i cancelled the amazon prime so she said no no we owe you 79 euro so she goes i'll put you onto the accounts department so this man came on 
and um, he said, um, will you go into your Amazon, <coughs> excuse me, uh-huh. he said, will you go into your Amazon account? So he went in anyway and he said, um, press on your um, car details. And um, I... You're on a laptop now at this stage, aren't you, talking to him? No. Oh, no, I'm on my phone. Still on your phone on a speaker. No, this is the scary part, like, that he could do this with a phone. So I clicked on it anyway, and he said, said, enter your card number. He said, I'm not asking you for the number now at all. You press it on the screen. So I said, I don't have the card number. So he said, "Um, when can you get it? And then I started saying, Jesus, that's a bit weird. So I said, I don't have it. So he said, how am I going to transfer the money to you? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't have my car details. So he said, can you download Revolut? So I downloaded Revolut. And he said, I'll send the money on there. I don't need your car details. So when I downloaded Revolut, it asked me to take a selfie. And I started getting a bit suspicious then because I was saying to my friends, that's GDPR. They can't. Um, I can't remember when I downloaded and opened a Revolut account if I needed it to take a photograph. So I doubt he, it. But, well, they asked me to take a photograph and I thought that was all right. But you see, the funny thing was, well, the scary thing was, when I was taking the photograph, he goes, Madam, can you take your glasses off? And I was saying, how can he see me? Oh, my God. And then I knew he was a hacker. I was saying, but then I was second guessing myself again. I was saying, ah, no, maybe they can do it because they're Amazon. So How the um, heck? Yeah. So he said, um, you need your driver's license to verify the account. So I said, oh, I'm not giving you that. So he said, look, I'll put an app into your phone. So I looked at my phone and the screen started opening. He unlocked my phone. The screen opened. He um, he undownloaded WhatsApp because um, TikTok and some other app because there was no room for the app he was installing into my phone so he could send me the money with no car details it was called Ding Tick Top Up is it? I'm in Notion girl all I know is he's been doing wreck with your phone um, yeah and another app it was called Wise so with Wise he opened that and he said I'm sending you the money now so he said his name was Jack and it said the sender was Syak, it was a different name. And I said, why is it not Amazon is paying me? Because I could see him typing it on the screen. And he said, don't worry about that, don't worry. He said, everything is fine. And I said, no, look, this is a bit dodgy. So I started screenshotting it. And then he got a bit agitated and aggressive. He was like, stop touching your phone. And I said, I was saying, how does he know I'm touching the phone? He said, you just screenshotted the bank account. He said, don't do that, that's Amazon's bank account. You can't do this. So I screenshotted it anyway. It's an AIB account. And um, I could hear the woman in the background going, she screenshotted it again. So then um, he was um, trying to take €100. Euro. It was 8,000 INR in his currency. What's INR? Do we, do we even know what that is? I don't know. In, is it India? I don't know. INR anyway it was the 8,300 and something so um, when that transaction was going ahead I said um, why is it not Amazon so he deleted his name and he wrote in Amazon and then on the top it said this is not recognised so I said oh no you're scamming me so I just cancelled the transaction and it stopped before the money went out INR is, is Indian rupee 
Indian rupee. Yeah, my friend actually said that yesterday. It's, um, yeah. 8,357.37 yeah. yeah. which is yeah, uh, uh, yeah which is 700 euro. euro yeah. so does that mean that he's in India? Yeah. He's in India I'd say yeah but um, it was an AIB it looked like, like it had the purple AIB um, logo and, your, and everything yeah, it looks legit oh yeah oh no I mean listen that's easy for them to do if they can get onto your phone and hijack your camera they can easily yeah, they can he, easily mimic a bank account my AIB account he was able to open that up and I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to ask you how much is, is in that, but would he have got away with a lot? Would he have been able to drain a lot out of it? Oh, he would. Yeah, if he tries. But he was trying for a hundred euro. But like, if Why he hundred? tried for more, he would have got. Yeah, and yeah. it's scary. Like because if that was someone old, I mean, like I nearly got caught. Like I got caught really because he was on the phone for two hours, and I was saying like, Jesus, two hours. Two hours, yeah, I know, it sounds mad now, but like, myself and my friends, we were laughing at one stage, because we were like, this, is this real or not? And then, when he said he could see me with the camera, I knew then that, like, he was a hacker, because when my phone was in my hand, the only way I can describe it, no, Neil, is it was like a poltergeist was swiping across my screen, yeah. opening apps, yeah. scrolling down, it was like, yeah. how... I said Amazon couldn't be doing that. So we kind of left him go ahead for a bit. And then when he was trying to take the money, it said that I was paying him. And I just. I have it in front of me here. Two Sayak, as in two, as in send to, 8,357 Indian rupees. Um, You're sure it was stopped, though? You didn't get the money. You you stopped everything. How'd you do that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I stopped it. I went to the bank yesterday um, and the frauds. Uh, the fraud crowd in the bank said it's definitely stopped, but I need to go and get my phone um, fixed now because he had something running in the background that he knew when I was touching my screen. Like, I can't go into my Bank of Ireland app now. But how do you know he doesn't have your bank account details? Well, you see, that's the thing. Um, the, The bank said that he doesn't, but he was in my Bank of Ireland app yeah, because I said, when are you putting the money in? He goes, oh, I'm putting it in right now. So I said, I'll open my account there, son. I'll check straight away. And when I went into my account, he scrolled down and he shut the whole thing down. Yeah, because he, he was actually trying to drain it. I hope he won't. he I hope- blocked me. He blocked my phone from ringing Bank of Ireland and he blocked me from Amazon. You do. You, when I tried. Yeah. You, yeah. Okay, well, look, you do know that 085 numbers, just because it's an Irish mobile network, doesn't mean I that know. it's legit, you know? Yeah, um, I know, I know that. We, I mean, were you, if, oh yeah, but, I, but you sound like a smart woman to me. Were you playing along with them for a lot of that or did you actually believe them? I played them? along a bit because after the time when he said, when I I downloaded Revolut for him so he could send the money because I wasn't giving him my car details. And um, when I was taking the selfie to verify your ID, um, he could see me that I was wearing my glasses and... I knew then, I taught myself, right, this is definitely a hacker, how could he, and then the way the screen was... I know, do you want to check your apps there? There might be an added app there that he's put on your phone so he can actually take over the phone and also access your camera and open the camera. There's probably an app been fitted on, or been been downloaded onto your phone. Well, he has, he's obviously done that if he, but I have to take it somewhere now today, I didn't have time up there, 
and I was so upset then because I was like, I had a rash on my neck. I was red. I was like, oh my God. All those background know? noises that you hear. You know when you say you hear a lot of people in it, like it sounds like a call centre. That's just a pre-recorded Recording. piece. Yeah, they just yeah. play that so you think that it is legitimate. And of course, yeah. being, being, no, in, being India, an awful lot of call centres are in India, so it kind of ticks a few of the boxes. But nobody, they, like they don't, companies don't operate that way. If Amazon had an issue with you, they would, yeah. you, it would be an email or it would come up on it your is. Amazon account. Yeah, because the minute when I got off the phone, when I cancelled the transaction straight away, I tried to ring Amazon and it was blocked. And then I tried to ring Bank of Ireland, that was blocked. So my friend Emma was next to me. We rang off her phone and Amazon said, "You, we'd never ring you. We'd no. only send you an email. We'd never do anything like but that. Are, said, unfortunately, you know? there's always somebody out there who might be naive or maybe innocent or not understand that. You didn't get caught, but others do. And if we could all just get the yeah. message out to everybody in our lives and everybody that we know, nobody is going to phone you and nobody's going to send you an email ever asking for any details because they want to give you money. It's They're crooks every single time. And some of them are just yeah. more convincing than others, but they're still crooks. And yeah. he's a crook, you know, and he, okay, he must be like a demon that he didn't fool you. But he went on then and probably fooled the next person, you know. Yeah, like he wasted two hours of his life yesterday with me, <laughs> Do you know, but like people should know that those phone calls are happening and Jesus, don't answer them. Absolutely. But I hung Ch- up twice on him and he rang me back. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was a different 085 number. Nah, but uh, no, they're it's just... scary that he could see me. That's the part where got, like, I, I I'd say I'm almost 100% sure that there's now an app on your phone that he has downloaded onto your phone that then allowed him to give access to it. So check your apps, right? Because I bet you there's something on it. Like, here's the text, for instance. Christine, um, the lady on the phone with Neil, uh, whose phone got hacked, check out, because I think 100%, that there's an app on her phone now called Team Viewer. That's how he has access. That's it. Yeah, yeah, it is honest. Yeah. Well, it there is. you go. He put that app on yeah. your phone and this texter is absolutely right. That's how he has access to your phone. Um, yeah, it's a blue icon. He put that on my phone. Delete so it. That's how he saw me, is that's it? That's it, yeah, team viewer. It allows... Yeah, you know, I have to the, get like, my phone wiped you now somewhere today. So yeah, but the first thing you need to do is right now is you need to just delete that app. Just delete it. Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. All right, well done. Jesus, All right, Christine. scary. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then that gave him yeah. complete access to your phone. And all of your apps. And that inc- that's why, you see your bank? That's a bank app. So he can get into that as well with your help, you see. So get rid of that. Yeah, very. Mind Jeez. yourself, Christine. Thanks so much. Thanks Cheers. Very much, Take care. Please. All the best. All the Bye. best. And uh, that's a very close one because he could have absolutely drained the bank account. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Yeah, I know. People just get phone calls and they believe what somebody is telling them on the other end of the phone because that's how they led their lives and that's how they were reared and the trusting of people. I worry very much about an older generation uh, who might have a mobile phone and get phone calls from people who sound very convincing and before you know it, we hear it time after time after time. So be very careful with your phones and your bank accounts and all your personal details. Share them with absolutely Nobody. Um, and even, you know, you see these stories now, of course, that are very commonplace where you have a thread of texts that you did legitimately get from your bank. They can get into those as well. So you check the thread and you see somebody saying something that they want to give you a refund or there's an issue and you have to, you know, click on this link because you've been compromised. And it looks as if it's coming from the bank, but it's not. Uh, and it can be confusing for people at the best of times. 
Uh, I could say phone the bank, but I don't know how lucky you'll be with getting through because, God almighty, you can be waiting for a long, 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 long time on hold for a bank. But they're the times we're living in. A lot of texts and emails, and I drilled through an awful lot of them. Thank you to everybody who got in touch over the last few days and shared their own stories. Uh, but I'm conscious of time this morning, particularly with regards to Fiona, who's having a tough time of it at the moment. She's right in the middle of a, a difficult period of her life. Fiona, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm well. And I just want to say thank you very much because it's a difficult thing to come on air and, and, and open up. And I appreciate the, the fact that it's not easy for you. But um, you're, you're suffering an awful lot of um, anxiety at the moment, are you? Um, I am, yeah. 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 So, so and you have a baby on the way, I believe, isn't that right? I do, yeah. Yeah, I have a baby on the way. Yeah. And I suppose my anxiety is spilling out onto a lot of different parts of my life. And I suppose a main one would be driving anxiety. Yeah. And I suppose it was just last week I was driving and I just had a panic attack and I just thought enough is enough. You know, I've tried loads of um, options. Um, I suppose I'm worried, you know, if I have a baby, I have to be able to drive. And it's just something that's taking over my life now at the moment, really. And it spiralled into every aspect of your life, you said, besides just driving, has it? Oh, well, it has, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And has um, this come upon you, or has it been building over a long period of time, or is it is it the whole last two years of COVID, or do you mind me asking? No, I suppose it's, um, I suppose it's an earlier story for another day, but it's something, it was a trauma in my life that has caused, that has caused the anxiety and... Um, I suppose it's just in, you know, it's affecting my sleep, my job, my relationships, my driving. But I just, I need to, I need to do something about it once okay. and for all. Really. Okay. So, so we're not going to dwell on that, that trauma in your life, sure or not? No, no. Okay, good no. girl. Okay, okay. And do, do, do your, does your husband know? Do your family know? Do your friends know that you're struggling? Uh, they do, yeah. And I suppose the driving anxiety is something that, you know, they just know that if we're going somewhere, I won't drive. But if I have to. It causes stress, it causes anxiety. If I had something coming up and I might have to drive, it affects me for a couple of days beforehand. You know, it's no, it's nowhere to live. You know, things that people take for granted, just getting into the car and driving, it's something that I physically sometimes can't do. And can you describe what happens while driving? Um, it's like, it's, it's awful. It's, it's like you're having a full panic attack at times, you know, and it takes over your body. You have physical sensations and it's just... Like I often have to pull in and just kind of gather myself and go again, and it's just it's 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 awful. Do you fear that you're going to crash? Is it, or that other cars are coming too close to you, or, or? It's kind of it's kind of a mixture of all of them, really. You know, it's um, because it's gotten worse over time. It's you know, I, I feel like any car close to me is a threat. Nearly, I um, it's you know, you nearly feel claustrophobic. You feel clammy. I don't, I don't know how to how to describe it fully, but it's just it feels. Do you, you know, my heart th- to be pounding, and yeah. it's it's just awful. Do you think that it's also compounded or made worse that psychologically you're aware that there's a, a new baby coming, and that baby yeah. will be in the car, and the car is a yeah. dangerous environment for yeah. somebody so yeah. so small and unprotected? Would you think that's part of it? it, it definitely, yeah. Like I suppose it's been going on the last few years, and it's something I've got on with. It's like it's part of my life. I've gotten on with this, you know, if I have something coming up, it's nearly like a given that I'm going to be worrying for the few days beforehand that I have to drive there. Um, you know, I'm pregnant at the moment and everybody's like, oh, you're the designated driver. And it's nearly, that nearly causes me panic because it's like, well, not really because I, I can't really drive anywhere. But then the fact that baby's on the way, that is, that is a panic. You know, if I need to bring the baby to the doctor, if I need to bring the baby here, there and everywhere, I can't be panicking. I can't be 
having a panic attack inside the car. I know. It's not your only anxiety issue, but it's the most prominent one, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so you pull into the uh, into the hard shoulder, or you just you just pull the car over. Do you, yeah, do you sit yeah, there for a period of time then, or what? I would, yeah, and like that's not safe either, you know. And it's kind of like once I'm home, then it's thank God I'm home, and it's like I forget about it until the next time, you know. Like, would you be on the link or, uh, from time to time doing that? I uh, no, I haven't driven on the motorway, and I don't know how long. Yeah, because uh, you know that would be very dangerous. You know? Oh yes, yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't even go near it. Like this could be going from my house to the next town, you know. So your anxiety or panic attacks would be just a, a motorway or, or the South Link. That would be a no-go area if you completely. Oh, a no-go area completely, yeah. Yeah. And when when you pull over then, do you, do you sit and, and do some deep breathing and try and, does it pass? Would, yeah, yeah. And then just try and try and go again. Usually I'd wait to see, make sure there was no other car coming and go again. And have you ever looked at maybe getting some help or treatment for it? Did you ever do hypnotherapy or anything like that? Like I've done, I've done CBT, I've done EMDR, I've done, I feel like I've done every of of the alternative therapies there is. I've looked up hypnotherapy, but I've never done it. I know. And it's kind of something that I always look into and then just never follow through with. When is the baby due? um, In April. Crikey, it's only a few months away. You'd love to have this... You'd love to be on the road for for recovery when baby arrives, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd love it. It would be it great would be freedom. I mean, you need your car. I mean, the, because it's a it's a great adventure, a new baby, and the car is part of the adventure. Actually, going around, meeting yeah. people, going places. Ah, for God's sake, brilliant! Yeah. So it'd be you, baby, buggy, and car. That's it. That would be that would be the dream. <laughs> freedom, like, wouldn't it be brilliant? Freedom. Yeah, it would be freedom, and it would just help my life so much. In the past, we've dealt with Brian Adam, Brian Evans. He's the hypnotherapist. He's got uh, quitwithbrian.com. He's an incredibly powerful guy, very effective anytime we send people to him. He joins me by phone. Brian, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How and, are you? Good, thank you. And as always, you're always on the end of the phone. I do appreciate that. Um, can, you. You, can you help? I'm positive I can help. I'm more than confident I can help her. Um, this great. is happening quite a lot, actually. Um, people with the social fear, uh, anxiety of going out, and literally, you hit the nail on the head a little while ago when you said it's a fear. And that's how I'm helping people get over that fear because it has become very prevalent. Um, the, The fear is taking over their lives, the anxiety, going out even. And consequently, the panic attack is, is perhaps very short. It may only be two or three minutes, but the actual thought of the panic attack is perhaps even worse. Yeah. So consequently, that's where I start in getting help with the panic attack and also with the fear, getting over that fear, first of all. But uh, I'm very confident I could help this young lady. Mm. Hey, is, is he right when he says it's a two, three-minute episode, Fiona? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. But it is. It, it's. It could be the four days of worry before something. That's the fear he's talking about. Two, three yeah. minute episode, but yeah. it's it's awful. It's it's very debilitating, really. You say that you see this quite a bit, Brian. Is that right? Different forms of yeah, anxiety, yeah, stress, it, panic. It's become very prevalent now, um, and I think it's all all down to this um, this COVID. Uh, an awful lot of pe- people are. Um, becoming fearful of actually going out so consequently yes I have seen a lot more of it 
do you have to do you have to trace trace it back with 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 Fiona with with no, I, I haven't been doing regression with it. I've actually been doing it by suggestion and literally dealing straight into the subconscious mind and putting putting them in actually the third person so there's no fear there for them whatsoever when I help them. And does it involve coping mechanisms to stave off the um, possibility of an oncoming panic attack? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I also show them something called EFT, which is a, a tapping and breathing exercise, which is a further strategy that they can use prior to even going out. I think, you, tr- I think you tried that, did you, Fiona? Was, is that... I suppose I've, I've tried it, tapping? maybe I haven't implemented it as much as I, as I, as I should be, you know? Well, that could be true. You could be just, you know, not mastering it correctly or whatever the case yeah. may be. Yeah. And over over what kind of period of time will we be talking, Brian? I know that cases differ and vary, but any kind of a ballpark idea? Babies due in April? Oh, well, well, well before that. Literally, if um, if I was to see, see it before, I would say perhaps next week sometime. I would think just maybe one or two sessions and she'd be absolutely fine. Yeah. I'm more than confident about that. Okay. It's almost like a, a guilt-edged guarantee there, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Virtually, yes. So will we make it happen then, Fiona, do you think, so we can get this behind you? Definitely, yeah. Definitely, I'd be so, so grateful. Okay, okay. Because we had, we had tremendous success with Brian in the past. One of the most amazing ones has to do with the COVID-related story and vaccines and needles and things. Yeah, I, I, I never, I never forget the amount of upset and panic and anxiety a particular woman had yeah. 100% sorted now. Hundred percent sorted. Um, it's not. It's not just. It's not just driving, Brian. There, there. It. It is a big issue for her, but there are other issues in her life as well where she's finding it difficult to cope. So it might be a bigger. It might be a bigger thing than you know just driving. Yeah. Well, all we can do is try. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm more than willing to to give it a go. Okay. All right. Okay, Fiona. I hope you feel a little bit better on this Thursday morning. The prospect that I maybe do. in ten or two weeks, ten days, two weeks time. This will be a distant memory and you'll have the tools to cope. That would be, that would be amazing. All right. Okay. All right. Listen, thanks so much, Brian. We'll thank be back so in touch much. with you. Fiona, it be great Pleasure. to talk to you in a couple of weeks' time to see if it's making a huge Definitely. difference in your life. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Don't forget thank me then. Much. Come back and let me know how you get on. Thank you so much. Thanks, Cheers for now. Thank you. Thank Cheers, you, Fiona. And good luck to you. And we'll talk again in a couple of weeks' time. And to Brian Evans, hypnotherapist with quitwithbrian.com. Check them out. <laughs> Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number 0818-104-106. Amazing, actually, fear of driving. Oh, my God. This is uh, like listening to my own story. I drove all my life. I'm 46. I developed fear of driving on main roads, the anxiety and the panic Unreal. Please give out the number of the guy that's on the air while you're referring to quitwithbrian.com. Uh, keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. And just staying on that subject, actually, Joanne, good morning. Good morning. How are you? It, specifically, driving anxiety you had, was it? Yeah. Nothing yeah. else in your um, life. You could cope with everything else. Unbelievable. No, no, there was, all, there was all the little issues as well, but just um, that it, it was about how many years my, my daughter now my youngest is 10 so it started just after I had her um, I was coming down Cars Hill one evening and just this I suppose all I can describe it is was a whoosh from my toes right up through my body <clears throat> and I had no idea what it was so 
I suppose long story short, um, my doctor sent me for an eye test. He was a bath, uh, different tests. Everything was all good. But I, he then sent me on to um, Raven's Court, a mental health team, saw me there because it was getting worse. And then I started, I couldn't get into a train, bus. Um, so I met this fantastic psychologist. Uh, can I give her name? No, no, it's okay. I mean, just give me no, the backstory okay. because uh, I don't she, have... she helped me so, so much. And now I am absolutely, you know, this is all in a nutshell. Um, absolutely perfect. Blind, but I can't, I was just getting out of my car there with, to but go did, for a run. And to hear Fiona's story. Is I just, know. Yeah, it's I like know. my own. It's and tell, like and tell me, own. you know, the psychologist did, was it, it wasn't related to menopause, perimenopause? Was it anything no, to do with no, the fear of no. a new baby or the impending arrival of a... A small baby I think it that was couldn't just, just just all the stress of everything, and I, I would be very, I would be a person who's very particular in the house, and um, just a lot of little things. Uh, so were you um, always running and racing? Were you always up always. against the clock? Did you always yes. need to be somewhere and yes. driving I, I, delayed I, I, you? Yeah, I still like living by the clock. I like I like having a routine. Routine's very very important, but um, to definitely CBT is outstanding outstanding I, I found cognitive it didn't, behavioral therapy where did you get that absolutely done absolutely outstanding was that with the I had that done with with my psychologist yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah now at the start I kind of thought this is ridiculous but once I gave it a chance why was it ridiculous and, describe the treatment well I suppose at the start she said to me okay when you're brushing your teeth you concentrate on on your teeth and the toothbrush you're brushing away and you're there in the moment if your mind drifts you go back to the toothbrush you're brushing your teeth and I was thinking this is ridiculous. It's not even working. I'm picking out but shoes it, when I'm brushing my it teeth. Yeah. Works. There you go. There you go. It does work. And I try and live in the moment now most of the time. You know, sometimes, of course, you're going to be thinking of this, that, and the other thing. But the majority of the time, my head is in the moment. It's in the here and now. And it works. It's, it's all, all repetition. Yeah. A lot of repetition. But it can... You know, Fiona, you will definitely, you will get there. You will get there, a hundred percent. It's hard to, I suppose, to go into too much detail. And was your was your improvement gradual or was it yes, quite rapid? Gradual. Yes, it took it took me two years. What well, were you afraid? Two years. That's a long time. Yeah, I was afraid that I was going to crash yeah. and that I couldn't pull in somewhere. Um, that I was going to get a panic attack, and then the more I thought about it, the more I would actually <clears throat> nearly bring one on. I think I, I was bringing one on because... Were you thinking to yourself, so why are these it? cars driving so fast? Why are they so close? Oh my God, if one uh, of them hits me. No, oh. no, no, not even that. I, uh, very, very hard to, to, to explain it. I think maybe to... to I spe- I, perfect driving on, on the back roads, you know, short journeys, but then the main roads, my good God. I know. You have yeah, to keep can, up yeah. the certain speed and... That there's you kind of think to yourself, there's nowhere to pull it, and we all get we all get a bit of that, all right. So I can only imagine what it must. I can't imagine what it must be like when it's multiplied by a thousand. You know, if you're driving along, I mean, I usually do maybe eighty-five kilometers going out the link in the morning. So I have Arctic's Mm. passing me, you know. Um, Yeah, that's their own business. If they want to pass it a hundred or hundred and ten, but you kind of go, wow. I mean. Should I be going faster? Am I being forced to go faster? Am I yes, getting people? Am I absolutely. getting in their way? Am I slowing them yeah. down? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another thing that used to really bother, I don't want to be transferring my old fears onto anyone, but this was just one one of many other. If the sky went dark, 
I was thinking, oh no, third windscreen wipers, it's going to lash and won't be able to pull in because that was something that had happened again on Carrie's Hill. Um, it got really, really dark and the rain got so heavy and the visibility was bad. But And all those little things then stick in your head. Yeah, this is going to happen. This said, is going to happen. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I won't go into any more of them because, the, you know, I'm, I'm conscious as well of transferring my old oh, fears okay. onto but, somebody else, okay. you know. But not a worry um, in the world, but it was like listening to your own phone call. Yeah, I just, 100%. Yeah, so it had nothing 100%. to do, I mean, I'm far from a psychologist, but just wondering, it had nothing to do with the, the fear of an innocent baby coming into the world and your added responsibility. Nothing, nothing like that, no, yeah. because I had had her, I'd had her at that stage. But I used to worry, like Jeannie Mackham, am I, am I caught death? And you <sighs> see, yeah. it just, I mean, my good God, I used to stay awake at night. Um, and I know that I used to think, right, once I get to the year, once she gets to the year, we're okay, Kata, then there is no more, you know, but little things like that, but they were huge. Uh, no, I would, I, I mean, I can't compare one with the other in any kind of uh, marking it out of 10, but I would have thought that the fear of death would be one of the worst fears that anybody could ever go through on a daily basis. Long days and long nights with that going through your head. I must yeah, have been, yeah, yeah. I'm, so, I would, so I'm slow lot, to say it must have been worse than on. the car stuff, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know at the time. At the time. But if Fiona would like my number for the future, whatever, she's more than welcome, you know. Um, more than welcome, as I found as well, talking to people, but not, not people who are all doom and gloom and God, none of that, but somebody, you know, give a bit of positivity and... Um, Good for you. you. Know I'm going you know? to see if she'd like that and I can make it happen. Yeah. I'll get yeah. on to Fiona because it's yeah, like half, you said it was like listening to your easy. call. Yeah, 100%. I was just opening the car door to go for a run and I went, oh, that's me on the radio. You know, it's crazy. That's the old crazy. you on the radio, Joanne. So listen, thanks the for taking the call. me. That's well exactly it. Not at all. Have a great day. Go for your run now. Take See care. Bye, 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 bye. Take care. A lot of texts on this. Text 086-8104-106. Morning, I think every new mother checks newborn babies breathing a hundred times a night. Really? Yeah. That's incredible. I mean, like getting up in the middle of the night and checking and checking and checking. I f- with Beckett, I for sure, yeah, yeah. I used to stand at the door. I still do it with the children. Actually, I'd wake in the night and I'd go and just stand at the door and listen for the, yeah. <laughs> and then back to bed. Yeah, maybe it's just me. Would you get would would mothers get up in the night? Is it go and do that and go back to bed? I I, I do. I I think that's just a thing I've developed, which isn't great. I hope not every mother is the worst sleeper like I am. But yeah, no, especially when I was first when I first had Beckett. Yeah, I would first be baby, up and, first time. Yeah, he'd be at the cot next to me, but I'd be like leaning over, or I'd be you know putting my finger under his nostril. It's so understandable. Feed. I mean, it's so understandable, isn't it? Yeah. New baby, new life worry about it is and actually do you know I think especially mums these days because I don't think um, do you know technology probably wasn't around as much so nowadays we have the we're watching them on the monitor and um, they have these new angel blankets as well I know probably people swear by them but I, I'm kind of torn on them how do they so work? The, the baby lies in the angel blanket and if the baby's heartbeat I think it's heartbeat I never had one but like if something stops or the heartbeat stops or something like that this alarm goes off um, and I'm not sure about that I think it's probably played into all our anxieties as new mums and making us kind of super sensitive about everything whereas bef- 
before like we were all fine as we were growing up our moms didn't have all these super monitors and this that yeah, and the other yeah. and maybe it is a good thing I don't think so I think we're hyper anxious now over, over I, I don't know, you know of any of those we didn't have any of those and we no. had the little baby monitors one next to the baby and the other downstairs but that was yeah. about it. Um, it but has it there's so many different things now that I could talk to you about including is baby go on do mothers and fathers worry about whether the baby should go on their stomach or whether they should go on their yeah, back or on their side? That's always changing. That's it as well, yeah. isn't it? That's always changing now. Where I'm trying to even remember now. They're on their backs now, aren't is they? That right? They used to be on their stomachs. Used to be turn. on their stomach. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So, like, you can't when you just have to do your best, don't you? And then it's They're all so about precious. This you could understand why a parent would be checking through the night because it's like. It's a brand new thing. It's like the most important thing in your life. It is, yeah. That's it. Gotta and make sure it's still breathing. It, well, it is, and it's so you. Sure, you never stop worrying about them, do you? Like even when they're old, you might not be checking for their breathing when they're twenty-five. Like, but well, maybe you might because they've been no, out in the beer. <laughs> so well, you're constantly worrying. That. No, I mean, I, I have found with a twenty-seven and a twenty-five-year-old that your your worries and your your thoughts and your best wishes for them change hmm. generationally. You know, and and as they get older, and as I get older as well. You just you want them to be very very happy and content in their life, you know. Mm. Uh, clearly, their health is important, but it's about this crazy world we live in, and that they that they feel there's a purpose to being in this world, you know. It is. That's uh, what I think of a lot. It's important as well, but like I do think that something changes, like when you become a, a parent, in in the sense that it's just you, you you're never relaxed again no. <laughs> maybe it's my my stage of life now because they're still small and they're 300 I, should, I told you that I told you that 20 years ago I remember I remember saying it Said, wait, you wait and see how your life will change. You wait and see. Everything yeah. changes. Everything. It, it does change. And for the better, obviously, as well. But for the worst, like, I don't think I'll ever be relaxed again in my life. <laughs> no, does that change? That, or does that change as they get older, you know? Well, or are you constantly worried about them then when they're teenagers as well? And Yeah, you mm, will. Yeah, yeah you will. Great. And then you'll, you know, you'll worry to. about their about school and <laughs> exams and points and first jobs and first dates and their hearts being broken and that they're happy in life and that they have a good career and that... I know. You know, it. that you're a good parent. There's a load of different anxieties that come with parenthood. I know, but look at the, the, the good ways out the bad, I suppose. But yeah, I'm not sure I, what people's take on all those angel blankets and things. I'd be curious to see because I just think kind of park all of that and just try and do your best. That's all you can do, isn't good it? Good stuff. Let's find out. Lines are open. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. We're back after 10. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show uh, I got it just I plowed through some texts here actually from yesterday with regards to conversations we had um, I'm only seeing a lot of these texts this morning so it might be something that I might drill into and just try and nail this the money that can be claimed back for working from home because uh, a lot of people are toing and froing here text wise on what you can and can't get and also uh, a lot of texts coming in with regards to um, the 100 euro you get off your electricity bill, uh, it will just automatically be deducted off your bill. But there's a very good question here asking. It'd probably be March now before you get it. Um, the March-April bill, I'd say. But people are wondering, what's the story then for prepay power customers? How do they get it back? I'm quite sure there's somebody out there might know about that one. Uh, I work from home and I requested my statement of liability. Uh, this is to do with, are you covered in the home insurance-wise because it's your place of work? Uh, I had to confirm my income details and any relief that would apply to me. I added the work-from-home relief and all I had to do was add up my electricity bill, uh, then just put in the amount of days I work from home. 
But I got 75 euro tax relief, which I felt was better than nothing. 75 euro for the whole year. It is nothing. It really is considering how much you are actually going to be spending on electricity and heat. Uh, maybe the employers should be stepping up a little bit more. A lot of texts on that, actually. So with regards to uh, the amount of money that people are uh, getting back, uh, just a few of those texts, because uh, they're quite varied, I have to say. Um, your caller is wrong about the 320 uh, that she said you can claim back in tax for working from home. Uh, the amount is the amount your employer can pay you tax-free for working from home. But they're not legally required to pay you this. It's up to your employer. If you don't get this uh, allowance from your employer, you can claim back 10% of electricity and 30% of broadband uh, as an additional credit. And then the texter who could well be an accountant gives different examples of that, which are just way too detailed for me to even get on the air. Uh, but another one agrees with that, saying you don't get 320 a day off revenue. 320 can be given tax-free from the employer. Claiming from days worked against your bills would mean 200 euro a month full-time. You'd be lucky to get 100 euro a month. Uh, thank you for that. Um, you can claim 30% of the total paid electric and internet multiplied by the days worked in the year. So that's something everybody should be looking at. 30% of your electric, 30% of your gas, 30% of your broadband multiplied by the days worked. So you'd be working, maybe you could say that you could be working maybe 48 weeks a year from home, eight hours a day. Um, so thank you for all of those texts. Keep them coming, text 086-8104-106. Uh, and then a lot of texts then from uh, the last few days regarding the uh, murder of Ashling Murphy. And I will read some of those emails this morning. But I, I'm just conscious of uh, uh, phone lines backing up. And uh, this is a very, very serious situation that Aurali uh, wants to share with me. Aurali, good morning. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. You're a single mom, three kids, find yourself in a very difficult situation now regarding housing, is it? Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. that's it. What can you tell us about the story of your life? Um, so basically, I have three young girls, uh, five, three and one, and all of them have special needs. Um, and uh, basically, split up with a dad. Um, when uh, when my latest was born. When so when you that last year is it? Yes, mm-hmm. yes, she was born in November. Um, and obviously, I stay home with the the kids. I'm full time carer for them. Um, the the house we were living in, you know, I was paying the rent on my own, no problem. Um, unfortunately, the landlord is moving back into the house, so we've been given a notice to leave. Um, and, you know, I've been looking uh, for six months nonstop. I'm on the console list as well for a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because it's fairly recent and, you know, our situation changed not long ago, mm-hmm. uh, there's very few chances of us getting something for years. You know. Yeah, why would you be on a housing list longer than, say, the last six months when you were happy in the house? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Because the dad is working full time you know and he was um, he was the main earner like obviously for, okay. for all of us okay. um, so yeah I've been looking for six months you know um, nothing I mean in six months I got two viewings um, and that's it and you know I have good references I have healthy savings as well um, that I can show you know I can prove on my bank accounts and everything and the latest viewings I, the latest viewing I had actually uh, last week 
I didn't mention the kids. I didn't hide that I had kids, but I didn't mention them, and I wasn't asked. It was for a three-bedroom three house mm. um, in Douglas. And, what um, was the rent on the, that, do you mind me asking? Uh, 1800 Mother of God Almighty. I know, I know, Mother. right. At the moment, I pay 1500 um, and there's pretty much nothing even for that price anymore. So every Everything month you're is. paying 1500 euro to rent a three-bedroom house. Yes. Uh, but HAP, HAP, I assume you're on HAP, is it? I am not at the at the moment, no. Uh, so I'm just, I'm paying it, paying the full amount myself. Oh my at God. The moment. Ha, ha, yes. you, must ver- you must really struggle to come up with 1500 a month. Yes, it's definitely a struggle. And you know, I have... Um, I have DCA for for two of my girls, and I have carers. And unfortunately, the money what you just said there is disability allowances and carers allowance. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. But unfortunately, that can't go towards uh, therapies or anything because that goes towards rent and food and you know all those kind of essentials. I'm not going to drill into your situation with your ex, but it's a you know I'm just curious is, is there is there help there financially? Yes, yes. Okay. No, it okay. gives, it gives okay. maintenance. Thank you yeah. very much. Thank you. I won't go into any further details there. That's your, your private life. Was the clock ticking then with regards to the landlord? Yes, uh, we have to be out at the end of next month. So you got yes. six months notice, was it? Uh, yes, I did. I did get a six months notice. And as soon as I got it, you know, I started I started looking because I know the way the, the housing situation is. Okay, and you got, so two, got, you got two viewings, was it you said? Yes. All right. And they amounted to nothing? They amounted to nothing because the, the last one, uh, the second, the, they went ahead. They said they would take my applications. They were happy with everything, uh, took some money. And um, the second that they saw then uh, that there would be three children, they retracted the offer and sent me the money back. What money? Uh, it was. It would have been part of the deficit. That wasn't the full deficit. Uh, it was 500 euro um, that, that was sent to, to go through to the paperwork, basically. 500 euro. I just want to be clear on this. You gave 500 euro... Yeah. Um, it's kind of like what? What is it? Kind of uh, just to proceed to viewing, and if you get the house, it would come off your first month's rent. Is it? Uh, no, no. That was uh, that was after viewing the house and after them saying that they would go ahead with me. Um, they oh, said you that gave a five hundred euro deposit. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so at that stage, you thought you had the house. I thought I had the house. Uh, they told me they were happy with everything. I had excellent references. Um, I had excellent uh, savings and everything. And the the second that I heard there would be children, uh, she called uh, the the agent called me back and and said, "Oh, uh, right, uh, the the landlord um, doesn't feel the house is big enough for three children where there are three bedrooms." So really, that sounds a bit. Uh, like an excuse, you know. Ah, well, that's a bizarre thing to say. Like your children are five, three, and one. Yes. I mean, mother of God, like you'd have a five-year-old and a three-year-old in the same bedroom and you have another bedroom spare and your bedroom on top of it. I know, I know. We're, we're so is this kind of discrimination, is this kind of, you currently are, yeah, and you have no bother with it. Is this kind of discrimination, I wonder, going on against everybody with children? 
I'd say so. Uh, I really would say so. Uh, Is there any protection in law against this kind of carry-on? I don't think that there's there's much... um, there's much in itself. I think if the agent um, or the agency says on the ad or or tell you, you know, we don't take anyone with children, then that would be discrimination. Have but you seen any then, ads anywhere on DAFT or these places saying um, uh, anyone with children don't apply? No, no, they don't say it. But uh, I was mentioning that I had uh, three children until... Um, until the last month and I wouldn't get any viewing and it's only once I didn't mention them that I did get the viewing okay okay what do they want they want adults as a chairing a house or what is it they want a couple without kids what is it yes yes pretty much pretty much that's that's what they want and she asked as well uh, how old the kids were. So I imagine that they don't want children that are young because they see them as house wrecker they're not house wreckers no, they're not. You, can't, they're you, could say that, not. you could say that about anyone. You could say that about a bunch of students. You could say that about a bunch of working oh. lads or, you know, three or four nurses who might wreck the joint. Anyone, you could say that about anyone. Absolutely. Three-bedroom houses mean, are built for families with children. I know. I know, and especially the area. I mean, it's the Douglas area, so it's a very kind of family-orientated uh, kind of area. So this is really surprising, you know, that they see it that way. And there's a deficit, obviously, that they keep. They see that I have good references that obviously we're not wrecking the house or anything. You so got your money really, back, though, didn't you? I did get the money back, yes. No deductions or anything? You got the whole lot of it No. Back. Okay. No, I got the whole thing back. So yes. what they don't do is they don't put it down in an ad or a property to let. They don't put it in writing, um, but they right. do... But they do Verbalize it um, when you meet them. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah. what? So you're going to be homeless soon. Uh, yes, we're going to be homeless at the end. Uh, at the end of next month, um, there's pretty much. You know, uh, I've been onto uh, TDs, uh, counselors, um, everyone. Really, I've been talking to to everyone because one of my daughters has very severe special needs. Um, she has very severe autism. Uh, she's fully nonverbal. And it's just a lot of things would be physically dangerous for her. And the places that they're talking about putting us for homeless accommodation are absolutely unsafe for her. You know, you'll be talking about bunk beds and she can't have anything that would have ladders. Uh, you would talk about a kitchen that's just next to it and completely open and same with the bathroom and all those things are she cannot be unsupervised. Yeah, you know, are you talking about yeah, perhaps um, Edel House? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Would that mean that you're you're in Edel House? You'd have bunk beds, and would you have is the kitchen in the same area as the beds and things? Yes, that's okay. that, that that's too dangerous for my daughter. And I'm getting letters, you know, from all her specialists and everything that do say the same. They say it would be impossible to keep her safe in a place like this because obviously during the night. You can't keep an eye on her the whole time. You're very worried about the future? Oh, very, very worried. You know, it would be one thing if it was just me. Uh, if it was just me, um, I wouldn't be as worried, but it's just obviously my children. And they already do struggle with a lot, you know, uh, with their special needs. Um, and and the lack, the change in routine and everything. One of them, my five-year-old, has very severe anxiety with panic attacks. 
Um, why why is that? How did that happen? Um, so my three children are autistic and my five-year-old, the, the main thing with her is anxiety. Yeah. So that means she will bite, you know, her fingers to the blood. Um, she, w- she would do all those kind of self-injury. Kind you of, must be on um, call 24-7, are you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, my five-year-old, uh, my five-year-old is quite independent. You know, she can do a lot for herself, but she needs to be near me the whole time. Otherwise, she has panic attacks. And have you any help or family or friends? Uh, I have a few friends uh, and I have their dad, you know, who sees them and uh, and takes them. But that's that's about it. All my family is in France. Um, and, and, yeah, and, you know, with COVID and everything, it's very difficult as well to... To, to meet up with, with your friends or with family. Yeah. And do you mind me asking, what keeps you here considering the future is so bleak? Is there a better option for you with family in France, perhaps? Have you, you must have thought of that. Uh, I, have, I have thought of that. You know, that's something that you would naturally think of. Yeah. But the thing is that, you know, the, the children, like my, my children um, do not speak French at all. They struggle already with one language being English, and the dad, um, the dad is Irish and lives here. And I wouldn't take you know the children away from him. Like I don't see it as something right at all, especially when he is uh, such a great, a great dad for them. You know, and a great. But he support. must be very worried as well about their future. And you know, oh, he is. He, he is in bits. He is in bits about it, and he told me as well. You know, uh, anytime that I get. Um, uh, that I can get viewings or anything, you know, he'll watch the kids. Yeah. And he said as well that he would co-sign a loan, um, not the loan, the, the lease with me, if they would feel more comfortable with, with someone that has, you know, the full-time job and everything. He yeah, said, look, I, I won't know. leave here, but I will co-sign with you. That's no problem at all, you know. But You're also yeah. looking in an area that has the highest rental uh, in the Douglas area, yeah. you know, there's... There are cheaper. You could get that down to eleven or twelve hundred a month. It's it's not even about the money. Actually, it's about that there's nowhere available, isn't it? Yes, that's it. Because you know uh, the children obviously go to school in Douglas, but I've been looking anywhere that's where I can just bring them to school. It doesn't matter really if it's if it's further out. I've been looking absolutely everywhere. I, I feel uh, you know it's it's very. I hope it's not hopeless for you, but for me sometimes I always feel helpless in situations like this. As the best, that the best on offer is for you to share your story and hope that perhaps someone out there might have a solution to your plight, do you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And this is why, you know, I think it's important to to talk about it because I'm not the only person in that situation. Um, there's so many people in the same situation and that could relate to that. And it's important that people know as well what's going on with uh, with this kind of discrimination against uh, children and people trying to rent and having the money and everything and just not finding anything. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, I'm just, getting a, I'm just getting a text coming in here now from somebody asking me to pass on your mobile yeah. number to them. Um, oh, brilliant. In a second. Uh, just checking something here on my phone. I'm just asking him a question here. See what he says. He says he might have, he might have something. He might have a home for you, he says. Oh my God, that would be amazing. I don't know. I don't know whether this will come true or not, or whether it'll. Oh yeah, I know. But you know, like anything, like at the moment, we're really in a place of 
filling no, in I, know, the I know, I know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> your, your next stage will be packing boxes and getting stuff ready and all that. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's it exactly. That's it exactly. Well, and it's really worried for the children. Oh, no, of course, of course you're very worried. And a lot of people listening also will be worried because they, you, you, you don't get priorities on a list because your three children have disabilities, do you? Uh, I am actually on uh, on priority list for disability because the three children have uh, special needs. But I've been told that that doesn't make that much of a difference. Okay. Um, okay. They say that it's mostly, you know, physical disability. And because there's... Um, is sensory and kind of mental, it's different. Oh, but that's it's that's rubbish priority. because their sensory leads to physical aspects as well. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Okay. And my my one-year-old as well is uh, has muscle issues and we're getting brain MRI in March for her. So, I mean, it does go to physical. And do definitely. they know all of that? Do they know all of that, this conversation they I've know, had with you? They know all of that. They have all the reports. They have all the doctors. They have absolutely everything okay. that's describes everything going on okay okay well I don't know what will happen in that regard but I'll tell you what I'm going to do Uh, I have a buddy back and forth with me here on my own phone Um, he he, as I say he says will you give me that girl's number I might have a home for I'm not going to give any details out over the air but there is there is a place Uh, he wants to talk to you you talk to him and see if it works out All right. Oh, that's brilliant. Thank you so much. Well, hopefully you'll get lucky on this one and we'll get it across the line, okay? So go do all of that, Orlai. But very important, you stay in touch with me, okay? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, don't hang up the phone there. Um, Emer's going to give you a phone number, all right? Hold on there. Cheers. Talk soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red FM uh, Text 0868104106 many people are can't come on air as I'm working but a friend of mine once tried to help a girl being assaulted we spoke about this intervention over the past couple of days so a friend of mine once tried to help a girl being assaulted he, he hit the guy that was hitting that poor girl he was arrested the day after for assault and the same girl he came to help acted as a witness against him People are slow to become involved because of the consequences. It's so sad, but this is the truth. Yeah, I, I do believe what you're saying. Another caller earlier in the week said that uh, he actually intervened himself uh, and was quizzed by the Gardaí as to why, what was he doing? You know, why did, you know, I don't know whether they said, why did he get involved? But they almost treated it as if him as if he was the assailant. They even brought him over to his car to check for tax and insurance. Uh, morning, Neil. A great quote from the Irish film Herself. And the quote is, stop asking me why I didn't leave. Ask him why he didn't stop. Uh, And some more. My daughter was in an abusive relationship also. Her boyfriend almost killed her. He was arrested. Nothing happened. There was no protection for her. How can this carry on, continue to go on? I can't come on air to talk for obvious reasons, but you speak of being able to get barring orders. I got one against my then husband. He didn't care. He went on to try to kill me. He was caught and arrested and he got out on a suspended sentence. Not even as little as a fine did he get. As a result, I live in fear. I blame the justice system. It's far too lenient. It certainly is when you describe it as you have done. And I know that it's 100% the truth you're telling me. And that's the challenge now for Helen McEntee. Um, so that somebody who does try to kill you doesn't get away with it. A few years ago, a friend of mine who's a little vulnerable got into a taxi. And when she got home, the taxi driver helped her to bring in the belongings and he pinned her up against the wall. I went to make a complaint for her, but the guardie told me it was pointless. She needed to do it herself. 
Unfortunately, the Gardaí were right in that case. That's the way it works. You, one must make the complaint oneself. Um, it's a pity she didn't, uh, because that kind of a taxi driver needs to be taken out of circulation. The abusers also have a history of their own. There is something wrong in their mind if they do such abusive actions. Besides being sent behind bars, the cause of this behaviour needs to be verified. It might be from a trauma in childhood. Even the abuser mightn't even be able to understand it. Uh, Morning, Neil. Men suffer from domestic violence. Um, Men suffering from domestic violence is meant to be after growing hugely as well. Particularly domestic violence, they say, is growing hugely in gay relationships and gay marriages. Uh, Well, maybe that's just with the opening up of society and the, the fairness and equity of society that people who are gay are allowed to, um, you know, openly live their lives. Couldn't do that 20, 30 years ago. And also to marry. Uh, violence against women. I watched the news the other night and the hypocrisy of the Catholic Church, church on about violence against women and treating women equally. I turned off the news. Uh, the poor girl's funeral, says Cahill. Uh, on the subject then regarding Ashling Murphy directly. Yes, there were other women murdered. But I can't think of any at 4pm in the day while out jogging uh, with a murderer completely unknown to the victim. So this is why it has gripped the nation. Uh, I won't say anything about that, but I do know of other cases of women who were murdered in broad daylight as well. Some were out jogging, others were out walking a dog. Uh, I couldn't agree with the last text or more. There was a lot there. There was a lot more emphasis put on Ashling Murphy's horrific murder. So I think we should have put the same amount of emphasis on all of the other girls in the past who also died. Uh, may they all rest in peace. Uh, morning, since Ashling's death, may she rest in peace. But all men my age are getting painted with the same brush that we're all going to attack women, that we're all going to kill them. It needs to be put out there that not all men are the same as that animal or whoever attacked that poor girl and killed her. Some respect, some respect women. Some men respect women like myself. Morning, I'm a woman and like every other girl, I've had harassment stories, except the only person to sexually harass me, sexually assault me, was a woman. This is a woman saying she was sexually assaulted by a woman. Reducing this conversation down to gender does us all a disservice. Gay men, trans individuals, everyone gets harassed. We all need a good lesson how to respect each other and leave each other alone. And those texts to 0868104106. There was an interesting point made earlier in the week then with regards to people who commit crimes that are Irish, people who commit crimes who come in from overseas. Uh, And Derek got the ball rolling on that one. Big response to it. Here's an interesting one because I love when it's backed up by statistics. So thank you for that, Tyg. He says, um, I'm contacting you with regards to Derek's comments a few days ago. It drove me mad listening to him shouting down the phone at you. I think his comments were a bit wide of the mark and he's missing the main issue here. Uh, Matt Cooper recently had Michael O'Toole, the crime correspondent, on the air. And he, the crime correspondent, studied how many homicides were committed in Ireland by foreign nationals. And he found that only six out of the 38 homicides on the island of Ireland were committed by non-Irish. Six out of 38. So that means the rest were by Irish people. Derek was pushing his anti-immigrant agenda and is saying we should tighten the borders. He's completely missing the point. The biggest issue about Ashling's murder is not about where the man is from, but the fact that a young woman was attacked and murdered in the middle of the day by a man. Yes, we know it's not all men, and yes, we know men get attacked too. But as men, we should get over our insecurity and stop getting offended. It's grand for us. We can walk down the street at night and not worry where a, where's a woman has to watch her back. 
even can't go for a run at four o'clock in the afternoon. If tightening the borders is the first thing that comes to mind after an incident like Ashling's murder, then there's something wrong. And whether people want to believe it or not, men attacking women is a problem in this country and drastic changes are needed. But unfortunately, that will never get through to some people, says Tig. Interesting statistic that, isn't it? I'm just, I don't know the length of time for that. Is that 38 homicides in the last year or, or two years? But of the 38 that he went into detail on, six of them were homicides and deaths committed by people who are non-Irish. Back after the break. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818104106. Better believe it. Um, one of the conversations that perhaps uh, you might be interested in getting involved in is this uh, 1,000 euro COVID bonus. It's interesting now because I heard Michael McGrath there in the news at 10 o'clock. What we do know is that health workers will get the 100% COVID, 1,000 euro COVID bonus. So the state will pay that. If, I, if I'm to be absolutely honest and I hold my hands up in the air, I think that's a brilliant idea, uh, but if it's all health workers right across, everyone involved in healthcare gets it. That's that's okay because it's important. Many people will make a huge difference to their life. A thousand euro. But if I'm to be absolutely honest, one of the thoughts that popped into my head was that I'm not so sure that there's a whole lot of doctors on the breadline where a thousand euro would make a huge difference. I mean, I don't mean to overly generalize, and if I am, then uh, I don't mean to. But I think that uh, many many people. Uh, certainly in supermarkets, it would make a huge difference, a, a thousand euro. I mean, they were there all the way through. Perhaps you might say that it's the supermarket chains themselves who made massive, massive profit increases in the past two years, that they should be the ones paying the, the thousand euro. Some did give bonuses. Maybe it shouldn't be paid to the private sector from the public purse. Maybe the public purse should only pay public workers. I don't know. But there's a lot more than just people in, in health, health workers involved in this. You also have the Garda Shikona who aren't uh, included in the €1,000 COVID bonus, nor is anybody in retail for that matter. But your thoughts are welcome. Uh, text 0868104106. It's a tax-free bonus, um, and it'll be paid to nurses, doctors, paramedics, uh, nursing home staff, and the likes. So that's the deal on that one. Anyway, the reason I, I update on it is Michael McGrath said, they can't do that, he said, because where do you draw the line? So it's very easy to draw a line and just say, okay, everyone in healthcare and the rest can just go swing. He's saying, before you know it, he'd be paying out huge amounts of money, huge amounts of money, and we just can't afford it. Okay, well, that's the uh, that's the pushback anyway from um, Michael McGrath. Speaking of supermarkets, I went to supermarket Friday evening around 6 p.m. and I parked my car, big car park. As I was about to get out, a man approached the car before I could even open the door fully and gave me a story of how he needed money to get a home, that he was visiting his mother in the CUH. He had a strong smell of alcohol off him. I don't normally carry money. However, I had coins in the car and I gave them to him to get rid of him. I wouldn't normally get a fright, but in the light of what happened to Ashling, I was a bit on edge. And I also had my 10-year-old son in the back of the car. After he left, I locked the door and watched to see what he was doing and noticed him approaching two other women before leaving. Whether his story was the truth uh, and he was harmless or not, I don't know. I don't think anyone should be approached like that. I think car park attendants should be keeping an eye out for these kind of things, says Molly. Well, you're absolutely right, and I think you probably feel as if you did the right thing. You didn't want to engage with them. You felt giving them the coins, he would go away. Don't know how legitimate the story was with the smell of alcohol. There's also a chance that what he was looking for was money for drink. But I guess we'll never know that. Um, I'm delighted the frontline staff are getting a few bob, but the army uh, were at vaccination centres. What do, they, what do they get for their two long years? 
they also go overseas and get well paid for it. I don't see them out after any major emergencies helping the Gardaí. Uh, but they fall in with helping out with a queue and take a swab or two instead of sitting in the barracks or at home and they'd get the bonus. I think there are more deserving people out there. I don't believe that the army have been included. Um, so, you know, you feel as if they shouldn't be. I don't even know if they're in the reckoning for this. Delighted the frontline staff getting a few bob, but the army? No, you don't want them getting any money. Well, why not? Why wouldn't the army get it if they were involved in uh, issues involving healthcare at vaccination centres? Anyway, your thoughts are welcome. Text 0868104106. Back to the phone lines we go. Morning, Sarah. Good morning. Nothing, nothing is too important. Everybody has a story in their lives and I'm keen to hear them all. So um, share with me yours. Well, um, as I said, my name is Sarah. I um, was married for 30 odd years. Most of them, in hindsight, were pretty unhappy. Okay. And um, as time went on, I realized that if I was unhappy with any aspect of my life and I could change it, do just that. Okay. So I made a decision I wanted out. Because if I was meant to be controlled, I would have come with... If I was meant to be controlled, I would have come with a remote. Okay. And we, we won't go into that side of it. but no, just was it, was it a case... What I will ask, though, were, were the, did you have children? Were the children reared? And you decided you'd strike yes, off... Yes, all the children. That I had three children. The t- children are all grown up. Um, okay. But anyhow, I went through a very long and acrimonious divorce. And I won't say any more than that either, because you're getting into civil no, issues here that I'm not in not. a position to go into. So let's just no, jump no, ahead. No, I, to I the choose dis- not to also. Okay. Oh, well, anyhow, we're on the same page. I so you decided through, to strike out, change your life, pick up the story I from there. I went through a really tough few months following the divorce until I realized, hey, no point in looking back as I'm not going that way. So I took stock of my life and realise that there are so many things in life that I would love to do. Okay. Really, if you can do anything, if only you dared. And what and were the things that you wish to have done that didn't do that you now wish to want to do now? <laughs> so, I, I realised I was the CEO of my own life. So, I made a list that I keep added to. One, learn a musical instrument. So, I bought a piano <laughs> and I'm up to grade three. Tick. Learn Spanish. I attend Spanish classes and I've nearly finished three years. Take, <laughs> take full responsibility for my health. So I'm up walking 6K per day and three weight classes per week. Tick, tick. Do woodworking classes. I have my first one coming up soon where my first project will be a serving platter made entirely by myself. Um, tick, get from wood, is it a serving off. platter from carved wood? From wood. Yes, I'll be going to um, a class where they will, that'll be our first project. We'll complete it in about two hours. I should be writing these things down, actually, because I have a head like a sieve. So we know about the piano. What can you play on the piano? Yeah. I, I hope you're a lot better than Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Yeah? Oh, my God. I finished grade three. What's that mean? What can you, what can you, you play? Know, I, 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 I do my exams with the Royal Irish um, Academy of Music. Um, so I had to ver- I just literally start from scratch and to prove that I was actually learning, I wanted pieces of paper to prove, yes, you've reached this stage and I'm finished grade three. And how many grades are there? Like 10 or something? Eight well, or? you can go up to eight, but I, I'll try and do two more this year. My intention is to go maybe to, I'll see about going to grade eight. I'll see, depending. So on if you sat down at the I piano have. now, what could you play? Um, I could play, um, oh, um, well, most of my pieces are classical, but I can play Mary Black. I can play 
um, Mary Black's music. I can play um, Rod Stewart's music. Um, <laughs> I I can play lots of things. How long did it take you to get to grade three? Um, three years. <laughs> and two of those were through COVID. Were you taking Zoom lessons or what? Well, my piano, I did try Zoom, but it didn't work out very well. So I was very lucky that my piano teacher could come to my house. Okay. My piano is located in my hall. It's a large hall. So we masked up and I continued to put with my class. All right. And what about, this, what about the Spanish? Can you hold a conversation with the Spaniard? Well, I actually am not too bad. I met a Spaniard whilst I was out walking at Christmas. I was able to converse with him. Um, <laughs> he was mostly imp- he was very impressed with me. So yes, I I can I can I have to listen really really carefully, and I am at the I I have a bad habit of translating what they are saying into English, and then when I answer them, I translate what I am saying into Spanish. I don't think that's a, the I don't way. think that's a bad habit. I think that's the way we all do it. But anyhow, I'm getting there. Okay, and I so we have the piano tick, we have the Spanish tick, we have the walking tick. The carpentry and woodwork classes take. What's next? My tattoos. <laughs> I heard you talking about those last week. <laughs> and I know people aren't a great lover. So what, what tattoos have, does the 62-year-old get? I have, well, I wasn't 62 when I got those. So on one side of my leg, I got uh, the treble clef to represent my music. Three musical notes, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I got, on the other side, I got the phases of the moon. I absolutely love lying in bed at night, looking out the window and at the stars and the moon. I just find it so calming and relaxing. <laughs> so I got all the phases of the moon. The, yeah, the phases of the moon. All right. Is it upper leg? Is it visible or, I mean... Oh, absolutely. It, it is visible, absolutely. One, it's on the side of, each of them are on the side of my, my calf. Okay. Okay. Okay, yes. is there is there more so, on this bucket list that I need to hear of about? Of course there is, yeah. Right. So I have, um, <laughs> um, and the, my next one is to do a jewellery making class, but I've actually sourced that. Um, and then I have two more. Now, one of them is to learn to road, ride a motorbike. And I was, I've, I've been thinking about this for three years. My friend Anne tells me, you're too old to ride a motorbike. I said, you're never too old and it's never too late. She's wrong so there. I, she's obviously wrong. She's so wrong and I'm No disrespect, Anne. You're not right there. I mean... I'm determined to prove her wrong. You're talking about but a big bike now or a moped like one of the Honda 80s or one of the... Um, I the don't want a moped. Absolutely not. I wouldn't be seen dead on a moped. Why? It's no. not flash enough for you? It's not flash enough. No, no, no. And um, so I want a bike. I want a bike... <clears throat> that's not too heavy for me to lift, you know, or, or to, I want, I'm only five foot two, so I, I want a kind of a low slung bike and it's here I need help in choosing the right bike. Yeah, you me. don't need to lift the bikes. They have all sorts of different stands now where they're constantly vertical. You just need to be able to get up on it. Yes, but for example, if I came to traffic lights and I had to stop, oh, you, I you just need to, you, you need to size it so your foot can go down. Absolutely, and yeah. to hold it while yeah. my foot is down. Yeah, you could get a bike. Yeah. There are BMWs now that have uh, uh, one back wheel and two front wheels. Oh, nah, that's not classic no. enough for you. You want no. You want the traditional. I want a traditional bike. Will you buy leather gear for that then? Well, I don't think I. I don't think I will buy the leather. I. I can't see me in leather. 
Well, you got get some kind of protective gear. Well, I will. I will get my bike, um, my bike gear, but it needn't be leather. Absolutely not. I think you'd look great no. in leather with the two tattoos. You know. <laughs> be like Telman Louise. Get, all you need is all you need is Anne to get a bike as well. Two of you in leather off the west up the west of Ireland. So I know a few girls. They they ride bikes and they go out on Sundays and they have a fabulous time. I so that's one. I I actually have two, two more. I won more. Go so on. that's learn to ride the motorbike. Yeah. And the next thing then is, I want to buy. Um, it's it is maybe a project, but a small little cruise boat, fiberglass. Um, that can actually be a project, but it must come with a motor and it must come with a trailer. Okay, is it inboard or outboard? I don't mind. Is it petrol but or I diesel? Need, I would need help with that. What length? No. 10 feet, 15 feet, 20 feet? 18 would be miles too small. Anything from about um, 18 up. Okay, so I have to have a cabin where you can boil a kettle or lie down on a berth? Yes, yes, I'd love that. You must be loaded, are you? No, I'm not. But the thing is, I'm not loaded. And everything I've done so far has cost me very little. Very, very little. And cruise boat won't be like tearing up 50 euro notes and throwing them into the tide? Minute you get oh, a no, boat. But, no, I don't want a new one. I want, I don't want new anything. And can I stress here, I'm not asking for anything for free here. I'm simply asking if you, with your fabulous contacts, could source a reasonable bike, no problem. reasonable lessons, no problem. Um, a reasonable fiberglass cruise boat. Um, Where are you going to put the boat? I, pardon? Are you going to put it on the on the river? Or are you going to put it on, the, on a marina? Are you going to tow it home and launch it every time you go in and out of the water? I would. I would keep it on, and I would. I would keep it somewhere for the summer. In the winter, I would bring it home. Okay. Okay. All right, you have all of that. You have it all worked out in your head, in fairness to you. I don't know where you're going to find the time to play the piano while learning Spanish and walking, uh, making jewellery, riding a motorbike and cruising on a boat. Uh, probably forgotten one or two there somewhere, did I? Yeah. There, you know what? We, may, we have to make time for yourself. I think I don't really watch TV. I do read books, but I read books. If and when I can squeeze in the time, I know. but I prioritize. I work full time also, but I absolutely adore being busy. I think if your mind is busy, you don't have to dwell on on things that might have happened before. Um, I think live live as if you were going to die tomorrow, and learn as if you were going to live forever. Are you making up for lost time? I absolutely am. Good for you. Yeah. There's absolutely have you the jewellery have you the jewellery course sorted? Well, I where I'm doing the woodwork course, it's actually over in the in the marina. They actually um, do a course there but it's only a weekend course. It's not ideal. I think they're I'd like Yeah, yeah, it's not ideal. I'd Why? like a longer one. Yeah. Well, I think off the top of my head and I hope to talk with, with Tom Spaulding in the next few days, you know, there's a, a new Cork history. Um, series of lectures going on for the adult education classes classes in Ashton. And I was reading the brochure. I think there's a jewellery course there. Well, if there is there one, if there's one there, I'll go. Are you, handy, on, are you handy online? Can you Google things? Oh God, absolutely. Okay, well why don't you just Google um, adult education courses at Ashton and I bet you there's a jewellery course there 
And I'd say there's also a woodworking course there. If you want to take up dancing or salsa or any of those kind of things, they do all of that as well if you can squeeze some more bits and pieces in. No, I am. I, um, Happy no, enough. I, I, do, I actually do art and I've actually sold a, pieces, a few pieces of my art and I haven't done art now with about maybe 10 years. Um, but I hope that I've sourced a class down in Carrigaline to go back to that also. Amazing. Do you, do you get much sleep? I, I go to bed at 10 o'clock every night. But you get eight hours kind of thing, yeah? Oh, God, yes. Wow, it sounds I walk to me. from home. Um, You're in a great place. I, pardon? You're in a great place. I am in a fabulous place. I think that you should never give up on something you really want to do. Fill your life with experiences, not things. Have stories to tell, not stuff to show. Be kind to people. Don't be impressed with money, social status or job titles. Just be impressed by the way people treat other human beings. And when looking back doesn't interest me anymore, I feel I'm doing something wrong. Well, you're seriously and motivated and fancy. my attitude in life. Yeah. I am in such a fabulous place. I know there's so much happiness going on in the world and so much much um, anxiety. And I mean, the last couple of weeks, I the sadness that has been happening even listening to your callers this morning I am I feel so sad and I feel bad and really frivolous in ways that No I don't feel don't be like that I, listen I know you're referencing people who are desperate even to put a roof over their head and I understand yeah, why I you're saying that so but at the same time your, your, your call and your conversation with me is very motivating for everybody me included I mean yeah. you're inspirational in what you're achieving and what you continue to yeah. wish to achieve do you so do you need to okay you clearly need to learn how to ride a bike but do you need to f- get a bike as well I do okay and do you do you have a budget for that um, well I, I've had a little look but I need help in I need help in choosing the right bike for me so it, it will be a second-hand bike that I'll be getting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, I know, I know, a f- I know a few bikers myself. I don't know if any of them will be interested in helping you out, but there could be somebody listening here who does that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, regarding um, being able to source the bike for you, matching the bike to your height. Um, yes. It, it, it will really depend on the amount of CCs, how powerful the bike is, and how old it is. But are you are you talking about a few thousand kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. Like two or three thousand, is it? Yes. And the boat, the cruiser, you're saying same. Well, uh, I've looked up online, and I mean, you can get them for, you know, around. You could get ones needing work for about three. Three grand. Um, you could. But I need someone that's going to tell me whether it's a good purchase or a bad purchase because I really don't know anything about. But I just love the idea of going out into the sea and if there are any women out there that have been through what I've been through they're more than happy to come on board with me and we'd have a great time Okay, Eddie English would be a good guy to help you out in that down in the island down Coveway because you'd need to do a course I would and I'd be willing very willing to I know that. you'd have to do it and he does courses you can do them over um, like some, something like two or three weekends you know, just to give you the basics Absolutely, absolutely um, So I'm, I'm go- I do some work on this when we get off the air yeah? Yes. Um, like you wouldn't go all the way up to a Harley Davidson or anything like that, bike wise. Oh my no? good God, no. no. Okay, okay. No. Okay, 
Yeah, you don't want to. And I have been, I have, um, I, I live between Cork and Middleton and I have been into the bike shops in, um, <laughs> the bike shops in Little Island and I've been, oh my God, they're so, oh, they're so beautiful. Oh, they're you so probably went into Kiri's, the BMW bike shop, did you? No, I think it's, it's Honda. Yeah. Oh, good bikes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, they're stunning bikes and I look longingly at them. I just so longingly. <laughs> and, <laughs> I just, I just am so determined to make the best of my of the rest of my life, and not to be afraid. Because the best way to live your life is to live it without fear. You are I right. Think fear yeah. is a, a kind of a, a manipulative emotion. Manipulative. We we default to negativity and we default we to do. fear. We are we are always looking around corners of the what ifs and it could happen. Yeah. And, all. and you know yeah. we did that twelve months ago. And was it all that bad? We did it two years ago in our lives. Was it all that yeah. bad? If it's yeah. going to happen, it's going to happen. Okay, yeah. okay. You're 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 flying in every other aspect of your life. So it's the uh, the, motor, the motorbike and um and the and the cruiser. Absolutely. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, they're they're relatively small things, but I need help. I need help. You're going to need lessons in both of those. You really and are. Help and lessons. Oh, absolutely. Help in both. Lessons in both. And um, you know what? I'm not. I'm not afraid. I'm not. I think fear kind of erodes your confidence. Uh, that's never again going to happen to me. Okay. Um, let, let, let it, we'll chat later on with, with Eddie English to see if we can he can direct us towards a boat that might suit and also the course. Um, anybody yeah. who's involved in motorbiking uh, would be able to recommend the type of bike that would work for you. What did you say you are? Five foot what? About five foot two. All right. Okay. Okay. They, they'd have an idea as to what would suit, what budget we have in mind. But you need to do a bike course as well. Absolutely. You know. Do you drive a car? Oh, God, and I have done my advanced driving test and, and passed with flying colours. What's that, the advanced driving test? What's that allow you to drive? Well, it, it's a, a step up from from uh, just a regular driving test. Hmm. A, right, um, a, a regular driving test. What do you have it's to do? When you, is it a different test, yeah? You do a test, but it, it's more advanced. Well, like you can drive lorries in Arctics, is it? No, 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 I can't drive lorries. I can you still could... drive my car, but it makes me a better driver than the, than the driver I was before, okay. even though I think I'm an, o- I'm an awesome driver. <laughs> <laughs> We're calling you Mustang Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Must, yeah, Mustang right. Sally. <laughs> okay, I, listen, hang in there. Uh, I got to go, I got to flip to news here, but uh, we'll do a bit of work on okay. it and, uh, and come back a little later on this morning, all right? But... Uh, okay. m- much of what we need to do could be off air, but I'd be encouraging people to get in touch if they can help with the bike or the boat, all right? Absolutely. And anyone that is down, find things to fill your life, it makes such a difference. We'll chat again, Sarah. I guarantee you that. We'll chat again. Absolutely. St. John's so Central College have a jewellery course. They do a jewellery class on Tuesday night, St. John's College. I'll put you back to Emerson and give you further details. Back after 11. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. New year, new number for Neil. 0818-104-106. Ah, yeah. Time for me to brush up on my homework, apparently, says somebody else. It was made crystal clear yesterday that the army members who were assisting the HSE during COVID will get the €1,000 payment. Yeah. 
Okay, another text came in and said the very same thing. I wasn't aware of that. Um, I didn't hear that myself, so I'm happy to correct it on it. Certainly, the indication given by the papers this morning is that it is just healthcare workers will get the uh, frontline 1,000 euro COVID bonus. There isn't a mention in the wide earthly world about the army, but thank you for that. That's why you guys are there. Of course, we also have teachers now and unions representing teachers saying that they should also be included in the 1,000 euro bonus as well as Gardee feel that they should also. And there is an argument to be made for retail staff. So apparently the um, army are included as being, um, I guess they did frontline healthcare work as well with regards to vaccination centres and what have you. A lot of emails over the past few days. Uh, May I first of all say how desperately sorry I am for the family and friends of Ashling Murphy who was murdered in Tullamore. It was truly appalling Uh, and I can't imagine how her loved ones will ever recover from the nightmare, uh, says Rita. Now, I might come across as cold but a number of things have me asking a number of questions. What is the difference between Ashling Murphy and Rachel Kiley? who was killed in Ballancolig, or Shola Keeney, murdered in Cove, or Olivia Dunley, murdered in Passage West? Uh, How come Ireland didn't come together as one and hold vigils in the wake of their horrific deaths? How come the president of the Taoiseach didn't attend their funerals? Also, the minute silence at 11 o'clock in primary schools should not have ever happened. Maybe it was okay for fifth or sixth year class pupils, but certainly not younger pupils. I have an eight-year-old son and I had to explain why it was happening. As a parent, I tried to shy him, or shield him, I should say, from anything that could upset him or cause him distress. Again, I genuinely feel sorry for the Murphy family, but I hope you can understand my concerns and thoughts. Best wishes, says Rita in Bishop's And Yes, I do. If you're asking me, I understand your thoughts and your concerns, and I understand um, that you also correctly uh, mark and respect the passing of Rachel Kiley, uh, Shola Keeney, uh, Olivia Dunley and many others besides. I understand that. Um, I think maybe um, we have reached a point, and that's why they call it a watershed. You're wondering why wasn't it a watershed when Ray, when Rachel was was murdered, for instance, in Balancholic. Um When you also consider what Ian Horgan was like and what he went to do afterwards, uh, I come back to that actually because he's only recently got out of jail again. Um, on the point of, um, you know, the minute silence, yeah, you aren't the only person that's been in touch and had concerns over small little children in primary school observing a minute silence and having to process the reason why. Uh, put an awful lot of fear in their minds, I would imagine. So, you know, fair play to you for reaching out and emailing your thoughts. Um, you know, I respect that. Get in touch. Email neil at redfm.ie. Now, with regards to Sarah, that was an uplifting, inspiring call, wasn't it? So let's see when we can help her on her journey. Can I just say, do not, under any circumstances at all, Sarah, buy any boat that needs work. I think you could say the same about a motor car or, or indeed a, a motorbike, but most definitely a boat. So no matter if anybody comes up to you and offers you any kind of a deal on a boat that needs work, just walk away from it. Because a boat that needs work is just a disaster because the minute it hits the water it's got salt water on top it's lying on top of salt water and that boat will never be right um, I mean it could be right but it would need to be in the hands of a real expert who knew what he or she were doing and like tinkering around with boats so well, you're not in that category you want to have a boat that's bulletproof right? Ideally, I would recommend with an outboard as opposed to an inboard because they're extra bulletproof so if anybody can help with the boat and if anybody can help with the bike, do get in touch, uh, particularly if you're passionate about bikes or a motorbike that would suit a five foot two woman. 
age is not important in this because she feels as if um, she's unstoppable and she probably is. So I'd encourage you to get in touch, see if you can help. And then we need classes for both. I think Eddie English will be able to sort out the boating classes. Um, and the weather will be improving soon. And by the time we get into March and April, she can do those kind of classes, I would imagine. But we also need a biker class. Um, anyway, back to the phone lines we go, lads, and we'll, we'll update on that in the coming days. Lorraine, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I have an email here, actually, which I will read out in a few minutes' time, of somebody who got unbelievable abuse working from home on the phone from some client. Um, it's an awful email. It's not a million miles from the chipper story that you have, yeah? Yeah, um, I just went into the uh, chipper last night um, and I was standing in the queue. There was, there was a guy at the top of the queue and he looked like he had been kind of just coming in from work and the lady behind the, uh, behind the uh, counter was giving him salt and vinegar, I think. That's how it started. Salt and vinegar on the chips or the whatever he's yeah. buying. Yeah, right. She asked him, did you want salt and vinegar on the chips? And I think he... I think I heard him saying yes, and um, I didn't take much notice after that. And I, then he started saying, sure, I asked her for salt and vinegar on the chips, and she said, it is on the chips. He said, it's not on the effing chips. So she said, all right, I'll put more on. And then he started shouting about chicken, and I just, I don't know where it went from there, because it just he just exploded and started ranting with effing Connor names. And um, she said to him... Um, Less if you if you if you continue with the language, you know, she said, "I'll give you back your money, and you'll have to leave." So then he continued to abuse her, and um, calling her names—is it abusing her? Oh my God! Foul-mouthed abuse. It was horrendous. I'm at, I was absolutely. It was it was absolutely horrendous. The names he called her, and then he was leaning over into her face, and calling her the c word, and telling her she had to see the, the c word's face on her. Um, do you know it was actually disgusting so I was at we were like there was two there was another lady came in behind me she just heard the last bit of it and um, there was a guy I'd say he was only a student before me I'd say he was rat and I'd say he didn't he didn't know whether he should do you know intervene or not I know I know oh he was he was so he was actually I was, I was who was behind the counter with the woman in the... This is Dino's, wasn't it, in Grange? Misfortune. Oh, yeah. the misfortune. Was anybody behind the counter with her? There was two other girls. They were kind of young girls, but um, they were they were rattled as well. And she said, I'm calling the guard if you continue with this. And I said, kind of said to your man, I said, enough is enough, like. And um, she ran in around the back to call the guards. And he said, call the effing guards. I'm waiting for him. So he went out to the the front door and told his two friends that were in a van or that this CEO, the, the sea woman was ca- calling the guards and he said give me my effing money and continued 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 to verbally abuse her and threaten her how long did um, it go on I'd say about five minutes and how did it end up he just walked out and slammed the door um, because he said call the effing guards um, he walked out, got into his van and drove off. Ah, yeah, I see. Just... Brave boy. I'll wait. He's a brave boy. I'll wait around for the guards, all right. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he yeah. just slinked and sl- snuck away into the car and drove off before yeah. they arrived. Yeah, brave boy. I asked her, did she take, she said, I said, did you take his number? So um, she said she did, but I, the woman was just terrified. She was, she was red in the face, ready to bust out crying. And she was trying to put on a brave face. 
I went up to the chipper there this morning to see if she was there, to see if she was all right. Because I'd be honest with you now, um, I'd actually, like, I thought he should have been arrested there and then, or if not afterwards. And he should have, he should have been made accountable for it. And I would, I would have been, I'd be prepared to go with that woman all the way. But how far would it go in court, you see? You wonder. Know, like, that's, you're, the that's the thing. Like, let's be realistic about this. Can you, can you yeah. be brought into court for roaring? And, I mean, it's an incitement to hatred or what is it like? Would he get a caution? And, uh, he should I get a fright I, for sure. I mean, definitely a visit from the cops, even, not, even nothing. Because, imagine living with him. Oh, that, I thought the same. I thought it was, I said, like, I never, I got such a fright. I was actually shaking when I came down home. Shaking. It was, it, was a, it, was a, it was an awful experience. I can imagine how scared she must have been behind the counter. That he would talk and to anybody like that um, over anything, uh, over any no. situation in his life, but to be going on like that about salt and pepper on his salt and vinegar on his chips. What a what a disgusting yeah. individual. I just thought, How old was he? Like, Give me an idea of his age. I'd say he was about in his 30s. And his two buddies in the car, in the van, they didn't know what was yeah, going on. They didn't yeah. try and come in and stop him or anything. They didn't know what was no, going on. No, no, not at all. Um, and they actually had, it was kind of, it was, a, it was an English Reg van. Um, but it was, I felt so, so sorry for that lady. And you know, I suppose dealing with in Chippers, you're probably used to people coming in. Well, you, you have you know, to be on your guard. You have to, It's a tough yeah. job. Yeah. You know, so I mean... Like she, she was trying to be, she was trying to be as tough as she could, and even, but it, it just, he was too volatile. And you said to him, "Enough is enough." Did he say anything to you? Yeah, and he said, "Since I came in here, now he said she's doing nothing but effing giving me grief." And then um, I was like, "Oh my god, this you you couldn't argue with this guy. He'd nearly attack you, this fella." See, that's the problem. Like, if you you, you could, he could turn, uh, and it could get physical. Uh, well, it would be. It would be at least there's some protection behind the counter. Whereas if you had taken him on, mm-hmm. there's you and him face to face. But I wanted to, Neil. I actually wanted to, and I, I just, I, I would consider myself to be assertive and you know enough, and to be able to stand up for myself. I hope that oh. I hope that Dino's and Grange have CCTV footage of that, that they do get onto the guards, and that your man gets. Um, at the very least, a fright, you know. A caution, even. Yeah. It's. Uh, I. I just wanted to highlight it, Neil, because you know, I just think like it's. It's not acceptable. In the week when we're bu- in the week where we buried Ashling Murphy, of course, and are reminded of all of the other tragedies over the years, that's why that's this exactly call is so right. important, you know. Because I just feel that. I mean, it's a disgusting way to speak to anybody, male or female, but to speak to a woman like that. Well, I'd be a little old-fashioned in that regard myself, I'm you know. Same. I would yeah. be now, in fairness, and I have no, I have no problem same. saying that. You don't talk to a woman And my like own that. sons came into my head. I said, if I kept my actual, my middle son was in the car with me, he's only 13, and I said to him, I said, if I ever, if I ever thought your son spoke to a woman like that... You just own them. Kill you. Yeah. yeah. It's disgusting. I know. Well, actually, Stacy from Shandon Flowers, right? Incredible company up on Shandon Street, yeah. um, has had a great idea. Stacey. Do you know Stacy? Yeah, I do. Yeah, she just she just got in touch. They're saying that she would love to send uh, a bouquet of flowers to the girls, to that girl in particular, at uh, Dino's and Grange. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? 
I was going to do the same myself, Neil. I was going to go up and buy a little bunch of flowers and sure, you know, she's not on her own. She's not on her own. Well, let us, and, and I, I mean that in the nicest possible way, just yeah. that we're thinking of her and everybody realises yeah. what happened was a terrible, terrible thing. Um, yeah. And with that in mind, what? I'll tell Stacey to drive on and send a, a bouquet of flowers yeah. to, to Dino's in, in, in Grange. How about in that? Grange. Yeah. And if you have any updates as to how Dinos are going to handle this or if there's CCTV footage, because staff need protecting and this guy needs to be... I know. This guy needs to have manners put on him, you know? He needs to be brought to book. He needs to be accountable for like for his actions, even if it's in a heap. He's not going to be brought to court. He, he wasn't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't Langer's like or anything, was he? No, he was driving, Neil. He was blood sober and he looked he got some clothes on him. All right. Okay, if you have any All further right. updates, let's get the flowers up there anyway. Right. It'll make her feel a little thanks. bit better. Yeah. No problem. Thanks, Mary. Cheers, Lorraine. Take care. Bye. Take care. And thank you so much to Stacey. She's always there. I think it's a wonderful gesture. And uh, you know what? It could make a big difference to her that she's not alone and that uh, people are thinking of her. If you are buying flowers over the weekend or in the coming weeks and months, always think of those that support us, including Shandon Flowers. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number, 0818-104-106. That email that was referenced there was uh, yesterday being such an emotional day with Ashley Murphy's funeral and the awful stories from women on air. I was shocked that at approximately 11am I received the height of verbal abuse from a client. Now, bear in mind this email was sent yesterday and it's referencing the day before yesterday with Ashling's funeral. I was shocked that at 11am I received the height of verbal abuse from a client. I'm working from home like so many at the moment, but I was shaking and crying after it. This man was so angry, the bad language of it. If I was still in the office, I could have vented to my colleagues and left it in the office. But his abuse to me on the phone invaded my home my partner was here and I vented to him but that's not the point this guy was so tone deaf to what's going on at the moment us women begging to feel safe asking men to understand our fear how I didn't react to his vile language I don't know but I kept my calm shaking I asked that he refrain from that kind of language or I would end the call I have from the age of three been targeted by men a guy tried to entice me into his car I was sexually abused by a babysitter. I've been followed and terrified many times as a teenager. As an adult woman, I have been berated by men if I refuse their advances. And even more recently, when I thought I was, even more recently, when I thought I was being good mannered by talking to an older gentleman in a bar who was well aware that I'm engaged and a mother of two. When I was leaving the bar, he thought it was okay to smack me on the backside. I didn't bother to correct him on his behavior. He would have dismissed me as a crazy feminist. I have all my life tried to dress appropriately, not garner unwanted attention, but nothing seems to make a difference. I thought I had developed a thicker skin, but yesterday left me so shaken. Had I been face to face with this guy, I believe he would have punched me. You could feel the anger through the phone. I think because it happened at home at a time when I was planning my own little private prayer for Ashling and all our other women suffering at this time, I just couldn't leave my tears, fears and frustration in the office. Please don't give out my details. Thank you for that email. There's so many aspects to it that are, um, are it kind of ring, ring true to me. Firstly, the issue of, you know, I've tried all my life to dress appropriately. There, there is no such thing as inappropriate dress. There just, there just isn't in my book. No, it just isn't. You also say, if, he'd been faced, if I'd been face to face with this guy, I believe he would have punched me. You could feel the anger through the phone. 
I think this guy is just the typical coward who roars and screams and, you know, makes threatening comments and abusive comments and verbalizes them. But in person, they would never behave like this, I think, because they're cowards. And I think he uses the phone as a defense shield, knowing he has the anonymity of phones. I hope that your company um, record. I don't know what you do. I think many people working from home probably don't. Um, have the benefit of being able to record calls. A moment of correction, I don't know what the tech is with companies and people working from home, but a lot of the time when you're dealing with the public, calls are recorded. So I hope to God that you pass that up the chain because if he's a client, uh, then your company should know about it and somebody should call him back and certainly put manners on the guy. But I think to a large extent, people use phones as a kind of a shield where they feel that they can say or do anything or scream and roar because they're in some way anonymous. Uh, we, we, we just need to, um, you know, push back in some way, shape or form. I hope that that happens in your company and I hope it happens in Dino's as well, that girl who went through hell. But thank you for the email. I hope you're over it now, but I think you're never really over it. You're probably always maybe kind of alert as to what the next call would be or whether we'll call back again. Um, Kathleen says that I'm organising a protest in light of all the women's lives that have been tragically taken and we're heading to, we're hoping to shed uh, more light on the violence against women and it will be on the Grand Parade on the 29th of, of January which would make it uh, Saturday week at midday. If you get an opportunity, Neil, please pass on the word. So that's a, a get-together. Um, they call it a protest, a peaceful protest, obviously, on the 29th, Saturday week, midday on the Grand Parade. Thanks for that, Kathleen. Uh, lines open on 0818 104 106. That incredible call we had from Sarah earlier on. We'll do some work on that with regards to helping her on for the bike and the boat. But B.B. Chambers is the Director of Adult Education at St. John's College. B.B., good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I be- thank you. I believe you came in at the end of the conversation. So I, I, just, got, I just got the end where uh, one of, on one of bucket bucket list was, uh, was jewellery making. And um, I just wanted to say that like at St. John's College, we do jewellery a lot. We do jewellery Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights. And um, if she gives me a call, I'll look after her. Maybe if she'd like to start jewelry making next Wednesday. That would be fantastic. Job done. That's <laughs> great. We'll so, squeeze her in. We'll squeeze her in. Oh, you're very, so is it, is it that busy, is it? Many people are interested in yeah, making jewelry. Yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of people are just trying to get back out and do something and in a safe environment. So um, at the college here, we have all the guidelines and protocols in place to bring people in and we're keeping the class group small, but getting people out there. Um, yeah, we've, we're very we're fully booked, almost fully booked now. And the jewellery class. So, uh, you you will it run over? Does that run over a number of weeks? You know, is it like yeah, adult education we do, times? Uh, Ten weeks jewellery classes. So we have two beginner classes and a Thursday night for people who are advanced. And um, we we, t- we tend to get people coming back again and again and um, advancing their skills all the time. Yeah. What do they want? They want to make their own jewellery for themselves for their well, own uses. Yeah, some people make their own, and then some people do the classes for a number of um, maybe maybe three sessions um, right up as advanced and then might set up a small business for themselves from that then. Wow. Well, she's got a long bucket list. A lot of stuff is ticked already. The piano is ticked. Yeah. Spanish is ticked. Walking yeah. and exercise is ticked. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's doing a carpentry course to uh, for wood carving. That's ticked. The motorbike is another one. We've got to get that sorted. The cruise boat, we've got to get that sorted. So <laughs> we can say at this stage, jewellery making, ticked. Ticked, exactly, exactly. <laughs> For sure. Or we, we do restoration. She was on about antique furniture restoration. We have that one as well. So we, we can talk to her about that and see what she does. Oh, my God. You you do a lot of different courses then, do you? We do, we do Neil. And there's one that I'd like to highlight um, just this morning on the show. We have a whole batch of courses and people don't realise it for active retired. So a lot of that cohort has been indoors and, you know, out of circulation for so long that if they wanted to get out and about again in the end of February, I'm going to run some classes just to get them out in a safe environment again. 
her art and crochet and drawing and internet and email and social media for beginners, that kind of thing. So if anybody's interested in that, um, if they contact um, the adult of the Knight College section at the college, I look after them. For and is that something you do all year? You know, I was referencing there at the adult education, the, the adult courses that you can do at the lakes. I know Douglas quite well because I've attended a few of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they'd be, they be kind of short spurts over a 10-week period. Are you all year? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, we run from January to March, April, and then we run from September to Christmas. So, so it's the same. Yeah, it's but the other same than that, thing. they're on most of the year round, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And available online if anybody wants to check them out, I available suppose. Available online, and we have lots of, um, you know, uh, full awards, like next from September now, we're putting on graphic design, full qualifications by night, fashion design, interior design. So we're starting to do full awards by night, so people can work by day and then get retrained for the career by night. Good stuff. Well, I'm going to yeah. get you to hook up with Sarah. She'd be delighted to hear that she can do a jewellery course there and, uh, and she'll power on and we'll, fo- and we'll follow her progress as well with the jewellery she's making. Yeah, okay. So just tell her to, Sarah, to ring me together. Give me a ring and I'll sort her out. Okay. Thanks for that, Bibi. Thanks for picking Bye. up the phone. Appreciate Bye. it. Take care. Anybody wants further details of what they do, www.stjohnscollege.ie. Um, actually, I, you know, I was talking about the different courses that happen they kind of happen um, probably February onwards for like 10 weeks. The Ashton ones I've been to before, I did a few there. Uh, I did a few different navigation courses, theory navigation courses way back in the day with Eddie English at Douglas. Then, of course, we uh, did a couple of uh, different bits and pieces then over the years. And then all of the different um, 10-week course that Tom Spaulding and Ronnie Hurley would put on every single year. Of course, Ronnie passed away, God rest him. But Ronnie is not forgotten and... Um, Tom Spalding is continuing with the History of Cork lectures uh, and you can book I'd say that will book out so I wouldn't hang around too long but there's there's a lot of other ones you can like you can get you can go f- dance classes yeah you can get painting classes you can learn the guitar um, you can learn to uh, strip down an engine of a car you can do yoga courses you can do courses on becoming a better speaker um, becoming more confident you can do Pilates courses there's just I was going to say hundreds of them Dozens and dozens and dozens. I know it happens in all communities, but I just happen to know a little bit more about Ashton. Back after the break. Calling Red FM Studio? Call the new number. 0818-104-106. All right, and we'll come back to all sorts of topics again in the morning because I'm rapidly running out of time, but I don't want this opportunity to pass because Donald Kremen has stepped out, Cronin, I should say, has stepped out of class at the Patrician Academy in Mallow. He's a Leaving Cert student. Donald, good morning. Are you sixth year? Are you sixth year? Are you very kind? Are you a sixth year student, Donald? Yes, I am a sixth year in the Patrician Academy, Malaga. Okay, so you and your classmates. How many of you? Um, so in the year, there's approximately a hundred students. A hundred, and at two thirty-five today, you're walking out. Is it? We're going to go into the first five minutes of the last class today, and we're going to get signed in the role. Then we're going to stand up in a uniform manner and walk right up the school I believe the teachers, the principal, and the school are aware of this. Have they have they sanctioned it? So I wouldn't use the word sanction. What I would say is that they have facilitated ta- facilitated it taking place. They acknowledge that um, the voice of our students is immensely important, and that if we feel that this is something that we have to do, then the school couldn't get in the way of it. Good stuff. That's good to hear. Because there is a meeting today, although we have a fair indication of what they're thinking at government level with regards to the shape of the Leaving Cert, that it will be the traditional full old style Leaving Certificate. Isn't that, is not that your understanding of it? 
Yes, that is my current understanding that um, it is going to be a scenario where you are going to have to sit the paper. There are, are talks of uh, alleviations being made to the paper, but we'll have to see will that bear fruit. And in my opinion and in the opinion of many of my peers, not only in this school, but across the country, we feel as if that is not enough. OK, and that, that slight tinkering with the papers, what, what are you saying about that? That it, is it that they'd be marked easier or something or what? So what it would be is, so let's say for last year, in economics, you would normally have to do eight out of ten short questions. But last year, they had to do three out of ten short questions. So you would have more choice in your questions. So there's a similar thing that they're planning on doing um, this coming year. But let's say you do six out of ten, something like that. So it will be slight alleviations to give students more choice. Mm. But we students don't believe that that is enough for us. The idea of that is to give you a choice of more questions that you might like. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. But you guys want a hybrid, is it, am I right? Yes. And what, so would that, what would that, ideally, what would that look like? So what we're asking in a hybrid model is where students would have additional choice on the paper, which they are acknowledging, but we believe that there needs to be even more choice on the paper as what they're indicating so far, is that choice will be minimal. And to be honest, it's kind of tokenism at the minute. And we're also looking for the fact that if a student chooses to sit the paper, that if he doesn't perform well, he'll have the safety net of falling back on predicted grades, or he could choose, or he or she could choose not to sit it at all. Because over the last 18 months, it's been a very stressful period for students especially, not only have they had to deal with no social inter- or limited social interaction due to COVID, but the compounding of that issue by the inflation of CAO points, students who have deferred to go into the CEO this year, yeah. and students who are dropping out of college to go into the CEO again this year. Oh my God. We're at a competitive disadvantage when the points are at an all-time high. So how are students supposed to achieve something I know. which could determine their own life path when there's nothing being done to help them. Well, that's such an excellent point because this is the third Leaving Cert class now that have been impacted by COVID and, and, and huge interruptions to education. You're saying that last year's and perhaps even some of the year before might be opting into college for the first time this year. That will increase the points. There are those that maybe went to college, um, dropped out and want to go back in again on a different course. That will increase the points, of course. Um, So so the suggestion that a place for everyone in college without an exam result, that'll never fly then, sure it won't. Look, I think college places, it's not only the CEO for how hard you need to work in a course. It's also an issue with demand and supply of courses. So the more demand there is for a course with limited supply, the points are obviously going to increase. So whilst I believe it's unfeasible for everyone to get a college course, it is certainly more than what the government are offering at the minute. Yeah, yeah. And and you'd be happy and students would be happy with, okay, if you want to sit the Leaving Certificate, you can, but if it doesn't go well, you can fall back on the predicted grades or you don't have to sit the Leaving Cert at all and you can just get predicted grades. Yes, so an option like that. Because what you have to realise, as I said, there are a lot of people who are prone to anxiety attacks, prone to stress, and there's so much pressure being put on them. And I know personally, I've struggled with my mental health and 
to be honest, there are times where I almost relapsed on it. And I'm just asking that we as students protect the most vulnerable in our society by demonstrating for them, yeah. by giving a voice to the voiceless. It hasn't it has been far... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not antagonising anyone in government. All we're asking is that they right a wrong, which will happen if they don't make change. What will happen, though, if they decide that it's going to be uh, full-on, all-style leaving cert? Well, there's an Irish saying that goes, a quiet priest gets no parish. So students are left with no option but to come together and make sure their argument is heard out. So that means that if the government come out today and they take a similar stance to how they have all along, saying that there will be a traditional leaving cert, like they said last year, which did not bear fruit, we will once again demonstrate to make sure our voices are heard. The important thing to understand in politics is that representatives are elected to represent the needs of not only their constituents, but their citizens. And them ignoring the needs of a large cohort of their citizens would be a violation of the law and of justice, in mm. my humble opinion. Mm. And your opinion counts um, uh, on your behalf and well, behalf of... My, my opinion counts, but it's not my opinion. It's the opinion of everyone throughout the country. That's what I was just saying. And tell me, and tell me this, you know, with regards to the last two years, have you always had teachers? Have you always had classes? Did you guys, did you get the course done? So, when we came back after the Christmas break this year... Um, there were 138 students out in my school of a school of approximately 500. And of that, 14 teachers were out as well. So there were students in crucial, examinable subjects who were missing. Mm. And if you go back to a year ago, because let's remember, the leaving cert is not a one-year thing, it's yeah. a two-year cycle. Yeah. I live in a rural area, and my Wi-Fi is not the best at the greatest of times. Yeah. So there were a lot of days when I had intermittent connection and I couldn't go to class. And that heavily hampered my education. And I've been playing catch-up ever since. And I know multiple people around the area, multiple people across the country who are in the same situation. And even teachers who live in those rural areas where the services aren't good enough to provide online education, and that is disrupting students' education. They need to do everything possible to give everybody the best opportunity they can rather than possibly um, throwing them on the scrap heap with this proposed full-on leaving certificate when it doesn't sound fair. If if you walk out today, and you are at 2.35, uh, what, are you just going home then, is it? Or are you, are you going to be outside the school or, or, or what? So we'll walk out of the school and there will be a demonstration held uh, around the local around the parking lot outside in which there will be placards, chanting. Um, I will give a speech and the chairman of our student council will give a speech and we'll talk on the issue and we'll outline plans that we have for the future if, government, if the government chooses to ignore us once again. And this movement will not be stopped until students are heard. Okay, and do you know if across the country likewise is happening or is it just... Uh... So... so on Tuesday, the ISSU had a digital strike online in which people participated online. The, the hashtag, hashtag hybrid LC2022 was the top on trending Tuesday. I'm not sure about yesterday. Uh, yesterday, several schools in Dublin and Wicklow took part in demonstrations. We're taking part today. The ISSU have 
demonstration scheduled and or protest for um, next Wednesday. So there is an outline for this if change is not made. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a one-time thing. Yeah. Okay. 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 Let's see what the coming hours and days bring then. And can I just ask you finally, Donald, you, you obviously want to go to college. What, I assume you want to go to college. What, what do you wish to do there? Um, in an ideal world, I would like to do uh, law and business in UCC. But the points have been so inflated in that course. After the first year of predicted grades, it was at 565. And I was thinking, I'm going to have to work very hard. And then again, it went up to 589. And now I'm thinking, is the rest of my life going to be undone because my government won't represent my needs? That really drives it home, you know, when you put it like that in real world terms. It really does. It really does. Okay. Listen, do stay in touch, Donald, on your behalf and other Leaving Cert students. It's a pleasure talking to you. And let's see what the coming hours and days bring. All right. Thanks very much. Cheers, pal. Take care. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. See, the Children's Ombudsman now has come out in support of students who don't want a traditional Leaving Cert. And that's coming from the Children's Ombudsman, who should also be listened to. I mean, the Leaving Cert results this year will not come with an asterisk after them. Colleges won't be interested in an asterisk saying, oh, this was done under COVID times. You know, a college place is a college place. The points are the points. They need to be helped in any way, shape or form. A lot of texts then, lads, from the last couple of days. Um, with regards to calling out her intervention, uh, my daughter called out a boy in her college group last year for making a horrible comment about another girl, as well as a racist comment. That's how I raised her. I always say, if somebody doesn't call them out, it is making their behaviour acceptable. So she said it nicely, so as not to cause an argument. Argument. Lo and behold, she was, and still is, totally ousted by that group. They sent her a WhatsApp message that weekend, telling her she wasn't welcome in the group any longer. And uh, when she asked why, it was the girls who were the most horrible with comments to her. Roll on to the tragic events of last week, and these girls were the first to make social media posts about how tragic the death of Ashling was. My point is, it's just as important to teach girls, help them realise that females need to stick together, help and support each other when somebody stands up to these people. Another one, I'm absolutely shocked at the behaviour in this country over the last couple of days. I'm a woman in her 40s with a husband, son, brothers and a father who I feel sorry for. It's awful what happened in Tullamore. These are isolated incidents. I feel that Ashling's death is being used so the feminazis have a platform to hate uh, but would be equally glad of the masculinity in a case of tire changing and all the other jobs men obviously do better. Not coming on air due to obvious reasons. Well, it's probably best that you don't. Well, I understand parts of what your texts are. I don't think in any way, shape or form you should be comparing masculinity and tire changing and, you know, being able to help out in little menial jobs like that with the loss of a woman's life. Soon after my husband died, I was in St. James's Cemetery. My husband died seven years ago and I was... As it was going in, this man followed me in, dragging his leg after him. He's a very scruffy man, and he started coming very close to me as I stood by my husband's grave. He stood and he stared at me while I said my prayers. I then went to the car and locked the door. I stared him down. Very afraid, thankfully staring him down seemed to do the trick. Um, morning. I feel violence in general needs to be addressed and the justice system reviewed on a large scale. There have been a number of violent and fatal attacks on male persons too. And at times, if it even gets to court, a technicality may get the perpetrator off. Don't mind what they did. What seems to be given more importance to is the law. 
As the mother, as a mother of a victim of assault, GDPR is a tool that protects this scum in our society. My main point being, violence in general needs to be addressed, and both males and females are not safe to go about their daily lives anymore. That's another selection of texts, and uh, hopefully tomorrow I'll have an opportunity to do some more. But before I love you and leave you for the day, that's in it. Lovely comments coming in about Sarah, the biker. Sarah, the uh, lot more than just a biker. It's an incredible ticked-off bucket list. Veronica, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And so, and so to you, the last word. You have a full brace on. A brace, what? Is that um, a back brace? Back brace, yeah. And it's kind of um, kind of a support then down the middle as well on the front. And that's night and day for 12 weeks. What happened? You mind me asking? Um, came off the back of a step ladder, a two-step ladder, just uh, early December. And um, I was listening to one of your callers yesterday who mentioned that she missed an appointment in the COH because she didn't get the letter or any notification of her yeah, appointment that's right. and the same happened to me but unfortunately well fortunately for me the brace um, I was worried about the brace and I rang up I got onto a virtual fractures clinic and they checked to see if I had an appointment and they gave me the date so I arrived at the COH two, two weeks ago um, everything was fine everything is in place and that's great so that when we go back up make an appointment for another month's time and when I went to the desk, the girl said, oh, we'll send that out to you. And I said, not a chance. And she said, sorry. I said, I, I'm here today. I finished my appointment. I still didn't get the notification. I didn't get any written Let's do it now. letter yeah. to yeah. say that I had an appointment today, so I could have missed my appointment. And I said, I'm not leaving until I get the physical appointment in my hand. I waited a few minutes, and she put me on to our colleague. And she said to me that um, they had sent out test appointments, and they all arrived. But since then... What happens? All the appointments are bundled together in elastic and they're handed off at the end of the day and that's where the problem is. The appointments don't seem to be going out. And you think that's happening for an awful lot of people, did she say? Well, that's the impression she gave me anyway. But after they put the the elastic band around them and they move on to the next section of the chain, something happens? Yep. So did she, that's sure like, the, why not, and they're going to fix that, are they? They're going to rectify that. I have no idea. She said it happened a good few times last Thursday fortnight when I was there. So what's, like, what's happening with them? I have no idea, Neil. Uh, I just insisted on getting my paperwork and coming away with it. So I have my appointment to get out. Did she say a lot of people were missing appointments that they never got? Yep, she did, yep. And it's been going on for how long? Well, I don't know because, you see, um, the fracture clinic is normally behind the all-bag suites and all of those. But now it's where the... Um, oh, God... I would class it as the um, radiology clinic. It's for like uh, cancer patients who go in there for appointments. That's where it is now. So maybe change around. I don't know. Yeah, but they need to get their post out. Like it's a basic. Absolutely. It's, a, it's just yeah. a basic work skill. Like get the post out. Well, I mean, if that lady missed her appointment, I could have missed mine. And she told me that I had, it was more than a few that day. So obviously it's a problem they need to solve fairly fast. How are you? Are you in pain? Uh, medication is very good. My doctor is brilliant. And you um, got the—you actually to... got the appointment in the date she gave it to you, so you're good to go whenever that is. It's yeah, not too far to down go, the line, yeah. is it? No. Um, next Thursday week. All right. So okay. it's not too bad. But I have to sleep in this night and day. Like it's very hard. All right now with the pain. So people are waiting on appointments for. You see, that's the problem. It, it probably varies department to department, doesn't it? Yeah, I imagine so. I was just going for X-rays on my spine. But, I mean, there was a lot of people for different reasons in that clinic that day. So, you know, how many other people are missing out on appointments? 
Okay, well, patient beware. Thanks for that, Veronica. Good luck with no getting pass. the race off. Bye. There's an interesting photograph came in wondering, is this the way we treat ladies and women in 2022? I got a photograph attached. He says, am I wrong to be disgusted by the treatment of ladies in the year 2022? The location of this photograph is St. Finbar's Hospital. There are numerous empty buildings all around that hospital could be used as a waiting area. Please don't play the COVID card. The whole thing is making a laugh when we really should be respecting women more. So it's a picture of women standing outside the mobile breast check unit. You know, it, uh, it comes along in an Arctic and the Arctic drops the big cabin, which is the breast check unit itself. And it's got the steel steps, one for in and one for out. And there's women literally standing in the car park, uh, waiting to go up the steps for their turn for a breast check. Um, It's a mobile unit, so I'm assuming that it travels all over the place and tries to do as much good work as it can. But the photograph that I have from whoever sent it to me said, it's not right that women should be standing out there for anything as important as a breast check in the middle of a car park waiting to be called in. They should be using a better facility. Our, li- our lines will stay open on uh, text-wise 0868104106. You can email neil at redfm.ie. What I didn't get to today, I'll endeavour to get to tomorrow. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.